This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Uh. Hold on. What is that? Hey, Dave, is that an underpants gnome? In the back? I hope not. Fabster! The gorgeous Jenny! How are you? And, uh, yeah. M.G. Stevens, our guest here. She's coming up momentarily. I'm going to tell you, Fedora John, you got some game to catch up to tonight. Her Stetson? Looking beautiful. Yeah? Yeah, you got some game to catch up on here, buddy. We got about 28 seconds to go here. Jay uh, Killinam, welcome to SOR Chat. Thank you for joining us. And the Super Chat is open. It's a wonderful way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis. And don't forget to check out our store. It's got some fantastic swag. I just added a new ball cap on there, a Woo ball cap. War Eagle, Gong Show, Michael Fontaine, how you doing? Fans, I need a favor. Horns up. From the mountains of central British Columbia to you listening around the world, this, my friends, is Spaced Out Radio. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. We welcome you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on TalkStream Live, Revolution Radio, Odyssey Radio, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old baby the favor, hit that subscribe button. All of our, uh, you can find all of our stuff on our website, spacedoutradio.com, where we have a plethora of features for you, including rocking out to Bumblefoot, reading Shirky Poo's Newswire, and checking out our swag as well. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find them on our website. We got a power show for you tonight. We are getting all paranormal. Author M.G. Stevens talks about her new book, The Boogeyman Chronicles. If The Boogeyman doesn't scare you, I do not know what will. Honestly. Then in hour number three, The Swamp Dweller has a brand new story from The Swamp for you. Fedora John will be back with the unbiased UFO report. Shirky Poo has the news. All right. Let's move it on here. M.G. Stevens is a neurodivergent medium empath who grew up knowing that she was very different, but not sure in which way. She started experiencing paranormal activity as early as the age of two. Her mother was also a well-known psychic that worked with detectives and solved cold cases. M.G. struggled, though, to accept her abilities for decades and tried her best to dismiss all the terrifying encounters she was literally having daily. From ghosts to UFOs and unexplained phenomena, M.G. takes you on a chronological telling of every encounter she and her family endured over the last 40-plus years in the Boogeyman Chronicles. M.G. also has a podcast of the same name where she delves into the concept of paranormal PTSD. I am pumped up for this one, and I love the hat. M.G. Thank Stevens, you. <laughs> wait... 
Welcome so much to Spaced Out Radio. How you doing? I'm doing okay. How are you? I am doing great. You know, I mean, here you've had a lifetime of woo. I'm going on uh, year 11 of woo. You know, I mean... <laughs> there's a lot of woo out there, you know, if we just, yeah. if we just get, get it going, but for our audience, let's learn a little bit about you. I mean, you come from a family that has been studying and living with this, uh, this type of phenomena for your entire life. It's a different way to grow up than what most people out there have to grow up. I mean, how did you enjoy growing <laughs> up in, in knowing that weird stuff was all around? I didn't. <laughs> I had a very hard childhood, very hard upbringing, um, you know, grow, growing up in, a, you know, abusive homes as well. That's not easy. And then growing up neurodivergent where I'm autistic and I have ADHD um, <clears throat> and no one knew that, you know, and that was very hard. You know, um, it was a very difficult upbringing, um, especially when you have you, you have this you had this other antenna that's always up and you know, you're always picking up on stuff and it, it's just, it, it was difficult. It was difficult. Life is already difficult. Childhood is already difficult. And then, you know, here I am neurodivergent. I didn't know it. No one else did. So that's difficult. And then I had another layer of difficulty, which was being bullied uh, by the paranormal, by, by whatever was around. Wow. I mean, for you, not knowing any different, what's normal for you? Uh, yeah, I know that that's the thing. Um, I grew up thinking I had two trains of thought when I was growing up. When I would have these paranormal encounters, I would think everyone goes through this, right? Hopefully, yeah, please tell, someone tell me that, you know, other people are going through this. And, and yeah, at the same time, I, I, would, I would then go, wait a minute. No, I'm crazy. I'm the only one going through this. So it, it was not easy. You know, I, I didn't know what to think. At what point in your life did you decide that, <clears throat> you know, after the misery of childhood and teenage years, which are the worst, I mean, they're the mm -hmm. worst at times without anything strange, let alone, let alone having to throw all of this on your plate and your palate as well. I mean, how, how did you finally come to accept this or have you yet? You know, I've, I've accepted it in stages, in chunks, you know, uh, throughout my life. Um, I didn't really know what was going on until I was, you know, like 12. I started to clue in. I was like, oh, wait a minute. I, I know stuff and I see things and I feel things. And maybe that's, maybe that's, you know, that's what mom used to do, right? So I kind of, maybe I'm like mom. And, and then that kind of went into, you know, my teenage years where I was about 15 and I had become much against my will kind of became a Christian. And so I kind of was doing the churchy thing, not really kind of half-heartedly. Um, and then, you know, you can't go to a fundamentalist Christian-y churchy sort of environment without hearing about Jesus and demons and devils and, you know, all that stuff. So I, I, you know, started to clue in and realize, wait a minute, this, you know, later on I realized, wait a minute, this whole Christian-y world of demons and angels and devils and stuff like that, that's, the paranormal Jesus, you know, doing all these, you know, uh, miracles, that's the paranormal, you know? And so I realized that's just another, it's another branch to the tree. You know what I mean? So, um, when I started to, to kind of go to church and hear all these sermons about, you know, demons and stuff like that, my mom 
she, you know, she went from being a really powerful, well-known psychic in the area. And then she became, you know, she was a Christian and she was the one that was, um, you know, doing, uh, like deliverances, you know, doing exorcisms on people. And she was ridiculously powerful. I mean, just scared. I mean, this woman was so formidable. And so I saw all this and I was a part of it and I, you know, was kind of helping her with it. And people would call us to do clearings because she was so good at it. I don't think I was very good, but <laughs> she was so good at it. I was good at seeing stuff. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm good at diagnosing things, you know, so I, I would, you know, see things. I'd be like, okay, there's something over here and blah, 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 you know, and she would get rid of it. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I started to kind of clue in around 15 and then I got a little older and I started to. You know, and then I started to realize, oh, I'm, I'm one of those, you know, because back then you, you, people throw around the, the, the label, uh, medium empath, sensitive, psychic, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? They, they throw around these labels nowadays so easily. But when I was growing up, we didn't hear that kind of stuff. So um, it wasn't until much later that I was like, oh, I'm, I'm a medium and an empath and I do, I know stuff and I can see things. Okay. You know, and then it just can be kind of, you know, and then I, I had to have my own my own apartment here in Los Angeles um, back in 2012, 2013. That was haunted. And I then had to really come to terms with the fact that, you know, I can see things, you know, or things are, are attracted to me. You know. For you, though, have you ever accepted or have you ever had a peaceful night's sleep? <laughs> I have. Yeah, I have had a, a peaceful night's sleep. You know, the de- demons don't come out every single night, you know. But when I was a kid, it, it all depend on where I was. You know, if I was with my mom, there was a certain level of paranormal that would kind of come in. When I was with my dad and his wives, you know, different. <laughs> he's married six times. So when I was, you know, different places, it all depends on, on what was there. You know, sometimes it was real um, malevolent and I did not get any sleep when I was a kid in those places. I want to know, you know, I mean, you have been documenting the occurrences and the happenings of your family throughout your own history, 40 plus years. Why did you feel it necessary to write a book about all of these? What was that for? Well, you know, that's another long explanation. Um, So I've, I've really started listening in the last few years, started listening to paranormal podcast. And I started hearing a lot of people the minute they got on to the podcast, they'd be like, okay, before I tell my story, I'm not crazy. I'm not, you know, I'm, I, I know what I saw. And they had to give this lengthy explanation as to that. They weren't crazy. They, and I just thought, oh my God, that's so sad that, that they had to constantly say this, that every, like almost every person had to sit there and say, I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. And I'm like, gosh, you know? And so I, I really, it, it became a kind of a burden on my heart that I wanted to do um, a, a podcast of my own and kind of normalize paranormal encounters, you know? I mean, at least I, I think everyone has at least one unexplainable weird paranormal encounter. You know what I mean? You don't have to see Bigfoot right in your face to be, you know, unexplainable or, um, you know, that sort of thing. So I, I really think that, um, we need to, and thank God for the, 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 the Tic Tac video, because that started to get the, the hardcore skeptic started to kind of come around. So it's, it's like that. I, I really 
hope that in, you know, 10 years talking about the paranormal is, is not going to have that giggle factor to it. You know, that's what Terry Lovelace, he was a guest on my um, show and that's what he, you know, he called it, he called it the giggle factor. And I'm like, that's exactly it. You know what I mean? And, um, so I, I, it really became a bird on my heart to give people um, a safe space to talk about their paranormal encounters and uh, not worry about being judged and just say, yeah, we believe you, you know, we, 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 uh, you know, you don't have to give us an explanation of your mental health. You know, that's, that's not necessary. I don't care about that. Um, so I then started to kind of realize that nobody really knew my encounters. Um, and so they, they, they didn't know who I was. They didn't know about my encounters. And I found myself kind of jumping in when my guests were talking. I was kind of like, oh, yeah, I went through that. Or, oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? And I was like, well, gosh, I can't keep doing that. And I thought, well, I kind of need to get my own story out there. And so that's why I wrote my own book. It was just like, and then once once I sat down, because a lot of the stuff I kind of buried and I kind of was like, I didn't really think about it. And when I, you know, on the occasion that I would tell my story to people, a snippet, you know, they would be like, Oh my gosh, you have to write a book. You have to write a book. And I'm like, please, you know, no one cares. And then when I started to realize that I had so many encounters, I thought, Holy crap, I've had 40 plus years of experiences, plus my dad's plus my mom's and my, you know, siblings and everybody, you know what I mean? I realized, Oh my gosh, we, we've really been through it. So I, I thought, well, I, I gotta, I gotta write that book now. You know, I, I gotta let people know that, um, you know, you're not crazy. And, uh, you know, I've had a lifetime of paranormal encounters. So, you know, you're, you're one or two paranormal encounters. Trust me, you're not crazy, you know. And it, it, was, it was therapy for me as well. You know, it was therapy for me to sit there and think about all of these, these things that happened to me and, and, you know, to kind of come to terms with all of those. So it was a lot of things. Well, for you, I mean, a lot of people, when they think paranormal encounters are demonic, immediately they think, ghosts and anything from the spirit realm but you are are someone who has had et encounters ufo encounters you know you've kind of run the gamut with everything that Mm -hmm. you have gone through i mean what do you prefer do you prefer ghosts over ets do you prefer it all do you do you wish it would just all go away yeah i wish it would all just go away (laughs) um yeah, I, I I don't have a favorite boogeyman. Uh, it, it's all bad to me, you know. Um, none of it was good, um, you know. And and two, we got to realize too that the the good encounters were also paranormal. You know what I mean? Like that visit from Grandma in your dreams that you know tells you not to go to the meeting, and then all of a sudden there's a you know car accident or plane accident. You know what I mean? Like that sort of things. Those things are, um, you know, paranormal as well. So, but but yeah, I mean, I. I, I don't know. I, I think a lot about how my life would have been if I wasn't so sensitive. And, you know, I, I don't know. I don't think it would have been any easier, but it definitely wouldn't have had this weird aspect to it, you know? <laughs> no, I, I fully understand with, yeah. with what you were saying. You know, for you, though, I mean, <clears throat> looking at your family, have you, you know, is your whole family involved with the phenomena? I know you mentioned earlier your mom is, but your your dad, any siblings you may have? Um, my siblings have had their own encounters. Um, one of my, my middle sibling, um, they, they, uh, happened to walk out in their, their, uh, their, uh, hallway out of their bedroom. They went to the bathroom in the middle of the night 
and there was something very big and bulking, you know, hulking kind of big shadow figure in the um, in the hallway of their house. And, and yeah, that was pretty terrifying for them. I'm not too sure because we're not very close, so I don't know exactly what they've been through. But I do remember that story. So the fact that this runs the gamut, this is nothing new. I mean, this is Thanksgiving conversation. You know, hey, what's happened with you when, you know, you know, mm-hmm. what's going on around here? It's weird. My dad, it's funny because my, my dad, he he doesn't really div- div- divulge anything. He doesn't really tell you. And it, it kind of has to come up. And then he'll, he'll mention it. Um, or if something's really creepy, he'll mention it. He'll be like, you know, there's something really weird just happened. And he'll then he'll tell me. But, um, yeah, I mean, he... he, he he did, you have to pull things out of my dad. So yeah, that that's, it, it's not so much, it's not so freely spoke, you know, talked about. Um, and my mom, yeah, I mean, we, we talked about it more than my dad, but my, again, my dad, you have to kind of pull things out of him. So. All right. Well, I want to, I want to learn about you here. Okay. So go back to your earliest encounter that you had in your bio. It said you started having paranormal experiences at two years old. I'm still trying to figure out what my thumb is at two years old. Okay. I don't remember anything that's two years old. So take us through that if you don't mind. I had a ridiculously good memory for, for, you know, weird things when I was a kid. I remember when my parents, my parents split up pretty soon after I was born. And I remember um, my dad moved into this bachelor pad and it had the most hideous, and I was barely two years old. And I still remember the hideous shag carpeting because it was the seventies, you know, I was just like, so yeah, yeah, I, I, I had this memory because it was just kind of burned into my brain, but I remember being a little kid. I don't know how old I was exactly because I was able to stand up and hold on to the the side of the crib. So I'm in my crib and I'm holding on and I'm standing up and I remember looking up and I could see something floating. Don't know what I still, I don't remember that part, but I remember being the thing floating, looking down at me. I could see the entire scene. I could see me standing in the crib. I could see the garish 70s wallpaper. I can see my diaper pail. I even described that to my mother. I said, Mom, did my diaper pail, was it like an off-white with like a silvery embossed stamp of a baby's face? And she's like, yeah, how did you know that? And I'm like, I saw it, you know. And so um, um, I I saw the whole scene. I saw everything. And I, I, I then maybe a few months later or maybe a year or two later around there, I, it was, it was Easter time and I'm on my tricycle and I'm wearing my little Easter dress, you know, and I got my little Easter basket and I'm really super cranky. I I probably need a nap. And my mom and my middle sibling were there and they were, you know, trying to get me to look for eggs. And I was just cranky as hell. And um, but I remember the same thing happening. I remember being really disturbed by something floating, but yet I remember looking down and seeing the entire scene. Like I would like a, you know, from a drone perspective, it was so strange. And so I, I, for years, I had no idea what that was. And I remember, you know, my, one of my guests on my podcast was Paul Eno, who is, you know, a paranormal pioneer, Great you know, guy. an investigator. Great guy. Yeah. He's a lovely guy. I love him to bits. And I didn't know what it was, you know, and he's seen everything. So I was like, Paul, what did I go through? And he was like, 
don't know. It, it sounds kind of like what he, he called a shifting identity point, which is in the multiverse where you kind of split into two. Maybe that was it. I don't know. So there's really no definite, like, because I wasn't dead. I didn't die. I wasn't astro projecting. I, I don't know. I don't know what happened at the those moments. But, um, yeah, I split into two, I guess. And I saw... Um, I saw myself on both ends. I don't know. <laughs> Weird. Weird. I know. It's creepy. Now, out of all the scenarios that you have had throughout your life, and we're going to get into a number of those stories later on, were they always very dark, or did you have a lot of funny stories as well? Uh, most of them are dark. Most of them are dark. Most of them are, are, are really terrifying or they were um, just strange. My mother, I'll, I'll tell you a strange one. My mother, um, back in well, 1982 or so, her first grandchild was born. My oldest sibling um, had a baby and um they lived in california and we lived in the south on the east coast and my mom you know she loved kids and she would wanted to be grandma so bad you know and she she just you know wanted to see her grandchild so bad and she she just really really wanted to be there and she was so heartbroken over that and my mom at this point was going to you know psychic development classes and she was developing her abilities and she was getting really, really, really good to the point where her own teacher told her, I can't teach you anything. You you surpassed the class. So anyway, mom was really good. Like I said, spiritually formidable. This woman could just do almost anything. It was ridiculous. So I remember she calls, she goes to bed one night, really, really, really wishing to be in California so she could see her grandchild. And I remember the next morning, my mom got a phone call from my my oldest sibling. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser. Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. And they they were like, Mom, Mom, you were here. You were here last night. And my mom was standing, I remember standing in the kitchen. She was like, what are you talking about? I've been here the whole time. And my oldest sibling said, no, Mom, you were here. She said, "Um, I I, I woke up and you walked into the room. I could see you perfectly. You walked into the room. You checked on the baby because the crib was at the foot of their bed. You checked on the crib, you checked on me, you checked on my partner, and then you left. You walked out of the room. I saw you perfectly last night, and I was awake. So Weird. 
Yeah, so my mother didn't, she didn't try to ask her, my, my mom told me the story many times, she goes, I wasn't even trying, I just went to bed, you know, really wishing, you know, that I could see my grandkid, and, and then this happens, you know, so. My goodness, I mean, <laughs> I mean, good for her, I mean, being a grandmother, checking up on everything, but mm-hmm. I mean, that's just freaky, that's just freaky. Yeah. There's nothing, yeah. there's nothing, uh, you know, like. No, that's I, I don't even know how to put it. I really don't, you know. But we've got about a mi- just over a minute to go here. MG Stevens is our guest tonight on Spaced Out Radio. She has a brand new book out called The Boogeyman Chronicles. When we get into this book in the next half hour, I want to know, you know, you know, how do you feel about it? How do you feel about putting your family's history on paper? What do you think? Kind of weird, <laughs> MG. Are you asking me? Yeah, I thought you were asking your guests. I'm sorry. Um, or the people on the the live chat. Um, you know, I I I had full permission to share these stories, and I I try to keep I try to protect everyone's identity, um, as much as possible. You know, not not putting out names or nothing like that. But I was just you know sharing all the stories because I, once I started getting into my story, I realized that it kind of covered my mom's stories and then my dad's stories. And I'm like, well, gosh, I got to include all these too. So I, you know, I, I'm not exposing anyone or anything. I just, you know, I just had to get their stories out. Well, I mean, it's got to be a good healing process, and we're going to find out more about the Boogeyman Chronicles, which is the life story of M.G. Stevens living up in a life of paranormal. And I'll tell you, Once you've got that much happening in your life, it's a little creepy. It's a little weird. It's a little odd. And we're going to find out some of these stories by M.G. Stevens. You can find her book out on Amazon as we speak. Hey, it's only four bucks on Kindle. Go get it. It's worth the read. Spaced Out Radio continues right after this. Stay tuned. All right, we're clear. We've got about five minutes. I'm just going to go try and find my cough candies here. So I'll be right back, okay? Okay. All right. You can hang out with the audience. Uh, Quickly, (laughs) hey, EMF, you're unbelievable. Oh, there we go. Uh, Lunar Tina, nice to see you. Gorgeous Lara, how are you tonight? Oob to Joe's Bane, you've got aliens. Uh, Scowling Greg O'Brien, good to see you. Uh, And... uh, I'll be right back.
them. Hello, sorry about that. No, it's okay. Alright. Uh, did I miss anybody? Uncle Bones, how you doing? Welcome back. Joshua Benjamin? Uh, no, not tonight. Thurston Howell the Third. thanks for joining us. And uh, who else is here? I think we're caught up. And everybody's loving your hat. <laughs> All right, we've got about uh, 45 seconds. That was a quick half hour. <laughs> am I on? How long am I on for? Uh, another 90 minutes. Okay. Yeah. That's out for door, John. <laughs> no, oh, that, no, that's Joe. Uh, that's Joe. I want to say a big thank you to Black Dragon, Surf Jair with the hat trick, and Vaughn for the awesome super chats. It's a wonderful way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis. We got new swag up in the SOR store, so make sure you uh, check it on out. And we're going to get going here in like five seconds, so stay tuned, everyone. <laughs> Second half hour of Space Down Radio is now underway. Good to have you with us. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. We want to remind everyone that if you miss portions of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do me the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on tonight, The Boogeyman Chronicles, with author M.G. Stevens. You can find her book at Amazon.com. It's You know what I like about her title? It's just The Boogeyman Chronicles. There's no <laughs> secondary title with 57 words on there, taking up 98% of the cover of it. I love it. And uh, M.G., welcome back. Thank you so much for joining Thank us. Thank Let's you. Let's get into your family story here, because this is a chronicle of everything that you guys have been going through. You know, I mean, it started us off with, with the book. What's the first experience that you could remember? Well, I mean, that one where, you know, I was split <laughs> into, you know, 
two different uh, entities, I guess, you know, two different forms. I mean, I, it's still to this day, I, I don't know what that is. And uh, the fact that Paul doesn't know kind of freaked me out too. I was like, please tell me something, you know? Um, so that, that was like the first experience that um, I can remember. The second one kind of going in, you know, again, it all depend on depended on where I was. If I was at my mom's place, you know, cause she had custody, she, you know, I lived with her. So if I was at my mom's place, we This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill had a very different kind of paranormal uh, atmosphere, if you will. It wasn't super malicious. It was more curious than anything. And you could feel it come, kind of come, you know, something came in, would come into the room and the, the energy would change and you'd be like, what, you know, but you had the feeling that it was just curious about you, that it was just watching. Um, my mom encountered quite a few things there and, and it, there was nothing ever terrifying or anything like that. My, my mom, um, you know, we, we, there was like a, like a wooded area cause there was a canal. We lived on a canal and we lived in a swampy part of the South, you know, and there was a canal and there was like a wooded area past our house, past that canal. And you, you just knew something was watching you. You just got the creeps all the time. So that was that, it was, you know, place. And then when I would go over to my dad's and his, uh, second wife's place, um, she had a condo and thank you. And, uh, she had a condo and I don't know what the hell to this day, what was in that condo. I kind of want to go back and kind of, um, uh, you know, kind of suss it out now that I'm older and I, I can kind of know, you know, I can kind of differentiate, you know, what, what things are. So I would love to go back, but, um, I haven't been back in decades, but, um, her her condo had something or some things, you know, God only knows what, how many. That place was so evil. I, I can't even begin to describe it. The minute I walked up to that place, and I was a little, little kid. I was, you know, two, three years old. And I just immediately got the creeps. And I didn't know why, because I was just a little kid. I didn't, why, why does that place give me a yucky feeling, you know? And I didn't understand I had no clue. And the, the condo was very strangely built. There was like two, there was like a bottom unit, a top unit, which is where she lived. And then there was like a two story section off to, you know, a a unit off to the side. And I noticed the whole time I lived there, that bottom, that weird two story section off to the side, for some reason, that place was never occupied for very long. It always had a for sale sign, a for rent sign. I mean, it was like every few months, every couple of years. Then it was vacant for the longest time. Nobody could get anyone to stay there. 
And I would love to find out the history of that place because I think there was something there. The minute you walked past that place, because you had to walk past it in order to get to her place, and you could always feel like something was just glaring, got glowering at you and wanted you to, you know, go away. And um, so walking up to, you had to walk up two flights of stairs, going up to my stepmother's condo. I still remember the first encounter that I had that really woke me up. And I was little, you know, I was like three, four, maybe. Um, she, somebody had, I think it was either her or someone, but they had to give me a little tiny baby doll, a little tiny baby doll with a little crib. And they were about the size of a quarter, you know, just little, little things. And I remember we had to go to a party. It was around Christmas time. And I remember... We had to go to a party, so I remember I put the baby to bed, put it in its little crib, you know, and I put all all the little things all in order, and everything was all lined up on this one desk. When we came back a few hours later, everything was scattered all over the table, like someone had just, you know, smashed everything all to bits. And I'm looking at the scene, because I know that I left everything in this neat little order, And I'm looking at the scene and I immediately get this feeling that something is standing right beside me going, what are you going to do about it? You know? And I just, I was like, and I'm a little kid, so I don't know what's going on. I just know I feel something creepy standing next to me. So when I was a little kid, these things that I could feel, couldn't see them, but I could feel them. I just called them monsters because I didn't know what else to call them. I mean, I'm a little kid, you know what I mean? Monsters are bad and these things are bad. So I, call them monsters right you know that's what they are and i remember this thing was just just standing there and i could feel it standing there and i could feel it like it was almost like like an older sibling when they break one of your toys and they're like i dare you to go tell mom you know i dare you to go tell dad and they would just kind of glower in your face that's the kind of energy it was it was just like i'm going to love torturing you (laughs) and that's exactly how what it did i mean every single night i was there Day and night, this, whatever, whatever these things were, whatever this thing was, whatever it was in this place, it just loved to torture me. And I did not sleep at all, hardly. I mean, I, I remember going to bed and, and all night long, I was just tormented. Things were kick, kicking the bed, you know, rip, ripping the covers off, whispering in my ear to where I could feel the breath on my face. Just horrible stuff, you know, pulling my, um, pulling my, my feet with like long fingernails. I could feel that. Just horrible stuff. Being a psychic empath that you are, did you ever see the creatures that were doing that? No, that's the thing. That's what drove me nuts. If I could see them, then I could see them. But it, everything in that place, at least, was invisible. I, I could not see them. Um, or maybe I just didn't know how to see them. Um, or didn't, you know, I didn't know how to try to see them. Maybe. I don't know. But I, I do remember just being blindsided, you know, being, I mean, I I would be in the kitchen, you know, getting ice cream or something and something would, you know, when someone rushes up to you and you can kind of feel the air, you know, coming at you, it was like that. I felt like I was rushed by a a linebacker, you know what I mean? I'm just like, oh my God, you know, and nothing is there. I can't see a thing, but I know something is standing right there. You know, like when someone stands behind you and you don't see them, but you know they're there. You know, the, 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 your neck is starting to tingle and you're like, okay, someone's behind me, you know. And it was kind of like that. It was, it was, I knew something was there, but I could not see it. 
Wow. I mean, that had to be very, very traumatic. How old were you at this point when this was happening? Well, um, in my stepmother's condo, I, I, I went there at around two and I finally left there around eight or nine years old. And then I went back at 14. So it was over time that these things were torturing you there. Yeah. It was over like a, you know, good decade or so. Now at any time, considering the, the, the lifestyle you lived at that time, was anybody trying to tell you, oh, it's just your imagination, you know, it's just night terrors, This, these things don't exist? Did you have to go through that as well? Oh, yeah. I mean, every night, you know, here I was going to bed and being tormented by something terrified. You know, you, you, you go to bed and then something is laying, you can feel something lay down beside you. And it just absolutely terrifying stuff all night long. And so I didn't, you know, being a little kid, what do you do? You run to your parents. And so I would run to my my dad and his wife and and beg them to come stay in the the bed with me because if they were there, um, nothing much happened. You know, it was nice and quiet and safe, and I actually got a few hours of sleep. Um, and if uh, if if you know if I've, I, I at that time I didn't know what else to do, so I you know I would run to get them, and of course I was being. Um, uh, you know, a, a little uh, naughty kid for, for coming to get them. Why, why are you coming in? There's nothing here. There's no, I don't see anything. There's nothing here. What's wrong with you? And I, I constantly got yelled at. So I, I kind of had to brave the night by myself a lot of times. And it was absolutely horrifying. How did that affect your daily life? I mean, I mean, going to school with friends or anything like that. Um, I learned not to say anything. I just didn't say anything. And this is, this, this started, this became kind of a being shamed by your own parents, the people that are supposed to protect you. Um, and again, this was the seventies, eighties, early eighties. You know, we didn't have this kind of stuff. We didn't talk about paranormal. There were, this wasn't vernacular. So, you know, and, and the Warrens at that time, they they were the only people really on the scene doing this kind of stuff and they were considered kooks then. So nobody really, you know, talked about this kind of thing. And they, they, my, you know, my dad and his wife constantly told me, look, you're imagining things. You're, you're having a bad dream. Stop being a, you know, stop being a pest stop misbehaving, you know, and I was constantly getting yelled at for running into the room screaming because something was chasing me, you know, or something, you know, touched me in the middle of the night and nothing was there. So, um, it, it was horrible. And I, I, I learned to just internalize and not do anything. And so for many, many years, I didn't say anything. I just endured. Oh, you poor thing. I mean, did you ever seek help for this on a professional or, on a spiritual level? No. Why not? No, there was no one, there was really no one to turn to. And I didn't really know enough about the paranormal to know that I could go to my mom and say, mom, there's something, you know, bothering me. So I just endured. I just dealt with it. Man, that I'm just, I'm feeling your pain here, uh, you know, growing up. I mean, that had to be very, very tough. What role did Paul Eno make in your life? I mean, he's a good. He's been on this show about three, four times over the years. He's a good friend, good supporter of what we do on Spaced Out Radio. But what what did he bring to you? Well, I mean, he was a a, a guest on my podcast, and um, you know, I, I love the guy the bits. He's he's so sweet. You know, he he really is a lovely person, and. Um, 
he he shared amazing stories on my my podcast. I mean, stuff that just really blows your mind. I mean, he he's got so many stories. He's got fifty plus years of experiences, you know, and um, he's seen it all, really. And so, you know, when when he came onto the, my podcast, I I just I kind of just said, please tell me what did I go through, you know, that one encounter, those two. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Encounters. I, I had no idea. So he's, you know, he's a he's a really lovely person. I'm also friends with um, uh, Keith Johnson and Sandra Johnson from uh, Ghost Hunters. Um, they're just lovely people, and they're always there for me. I mean, every time I'm going through something, you know, they're all just just such a nice uh, support system. The reason why I brought up Paul is, I mean, like you said, he he's a brilliant mind with half a century, over half a century, of trying to find answers for his own experiences as well as others. And you know what? Sometimes when we when we meet somebody uh, that that understands what we're going through, we're able to find a little bit more clarity in what is happening to us. Did you find that with Paul? Yeah, I mean, I, I, like I said, I asked him what you know what I went through, and and just you know, I, I mentioned in the book that he and his son Ben have to they they've seen so much that they had to kind of kind of like come up with a, an exhaustive glossary of terms just for the things that they've seen because they've seen stuff that is not really well documented. You know what I mean, or or whatever you know. They, they, you know, they just seen, they've seen all kinds of stuff. So they had to kind of come up with their own glossary of these, you know, terms of, oh, maybe it's this and we call, we'll call this that and blah, 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 you know. And so um, just talking to Paul, you know, made me feel better when he was like, yeah, it's a, I think what you went through was a shifting identity point. He at least, you know, has something for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? He at least has, you know, some kind of answer I, that's all I wanted. I just wanted someone to say, yeah, you're not crazy. You know what I mean? I, I, yeah. Even psychic mediums, even impasse, even people, you know, that have had a lifetime of paranormal encounter still think they're crazy. I mean, there's times when I still feel stuff and I'm like, I'm nuts. Oh, come on. You know? And then something happens. I'm like, okay, you know? Um, so I doubt myself a lot less these days, but um, yeah, growing up, I, I like, again, I was very confused. <laughs> You mentioned something there that that is very, very powerful for a lot of people out there who are having experiences and don't know where to turn, and that is having somebody who will come in and say, I believe you. What mm-hmm. did that do for your own soul and your own healing when Paul Eno told you that? Um. Well, you know, it's people like that through the years, you know, like I had a really weird encounter when I was about six years old and just 
And that's that's why I, I I got my own podcast because you know I I wanted to be there to tell people you're not crazy, and you know, kind of provide that safe space. But I had a counter when I was like six years old, where I realized my dad was in law enforcement, and I realized my dad could die, and I started having this reoccurring nightmare for two weeks straight, and I didn't tell a soul, I didn't tell nobody. And I remember it was the same nightmare every single night where I was looking at a picture. You remember we had actual pictures to look at instead of on our phone. And I looked at this, I was looking at this picture and it had my dad's tombstone on it with his name and really green, really thick green grass around this tombstone. Same, same dream every single night. And I didn't tell a soul. I I thought, no, people are going to laugh at me. They're going to think I'm stupid. So I didn't say anything. But every single night I had this nightmare. And I would wake up in a cold sweat. And, you know, gasping for air, like, oh, my God, you know, completely tormented. Finally, after about two weeks of this, my mother, I didn't tell her nothing now. This is how good she was. But I was sitting there at the, the dinner table. And she was on the other end. And I was on this end. And she looked at me. And she was doing one of these. She was just like that. She was looking at me. And she looked at me and she said, you've been having dreams of your dad dying. She said, every night for the last two weeks, you had the same recurring dream. And the dream is you're looking at a picture and your dad's tombstone's on it. And there's really green grass around it. Wow. She said, every single night you've been having, yeah. She, she called it out 100%. This is how good she was. And I completely, I mean, six years old, you know, and, and I did not know that that's, that's what mom did. You know, I, I knew that she did read the things called readings. People came over and she would hold a piece of their jewelry, which is psychometry. And then she would go, Oh, blah, 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 you know, and tell them stuff. And they would go, Oh my God, how did you know that? Now she was doing it to me. Now, now I know what mom did. And as a six year old, (laughs) my jaw was on the floor because how did she know that? But she knew, she knew, she knew so much. And so she knew, and that those dreams stopped when she called them out, they stopped. As I got older, my mom was, you know, of course, always there. And then as I got even older, you know, people like, like, uh, like Keith and Sandra and, you know, Paul and, you know, Andrea Perrin from, you know. Love her. Um, yeah, she's wonderful. House of Darkness, House of Light. Love wonderful books. And, you know, people like that were are were and are you know a, a huge source of um support and help and just sanity when you know just just to have someone say look you're not crazy i believe you these things happen you know and i think that's another reason why i wrote my book was because i had to verbalize these things i had them so buried in my you know soul all these years and right. you know I'm, i'll be 45 in a few months you know what i mean so you know to to get all this out finally like i said my book was good therapy for me it was you know this all this cathartic you know energy just coming out i mean i had to get this stuff out i was regurgitating you know i got angry at not being believed i got i got a hurt by right you know, told I was being naughty when I wasn't, you know what I mean? And and so I, I had to deal with a lot. It wasn't just, oh, here's some paranormal encounters I went through, you know. It was really, it was kind of hard to talk about some of this stuff because there was a lot of pain that, that went with it. So, but I had to, I muscled through it. I got through it, you know what I mean? And I, I got all of this on paper because I knew and I hope that whoever reads this book, and I'm not expecting, you know, a lot of people to read it, but if, if people do read it, I'm, I'm hoping that my story will 
bring them some sort of solace and they go, oh, well, she went through that. And, you know, I, I went through that, too. And, you know, I hope they feel better that, to know that, they, you know, they're not alone. We've got about four minutes left. I want to ask you about the backyard humanoid in your book. What's this creature all about? Well, that was a really, that was one of the earlier encounters that I had. That was the, when, I, when I lived with my mom. Again, we didn't have a lot of scary stuff happen there. It was more curious. And this encounter was really, uh, for me, being, you know, all of three or four years old was quite terrifying. Um, I was there with my middle sibling and their friends. And all of a sudden, there was we had a t- dinky little porch light that was shining out towards the canal. And we saw this figure. And it just looked weird. It, it looked, it looked, it looked human, but it didn't humanoid, uh, human-ish. And it, it just, it, we, and I re- still remember being a little kid in the mix and I didn't know what was going on. And my middle sibling and their friends were running from room to room. They were running from the bedroom to the kitchen, looking out each window, screaming, Oh my God, who is that? What is going on? And then this thing just vanished. So I, I, I can't really tell you much about it other than it was really scary. That was one of the, the the very few scary encounters. My mom had a few scary ones there where she um, was all alone by herself. And she loved being by herself. It was very peaceful out there, what she told me. She was like, I, I, I was at peace there. Um, I loved being alone. She loved because she would disconnect the phone. She would just like, you know, kind of be in her own little cocoon. And she said one night. She was there by herself, and uh, in the middle of the night, all of a sudden, the toilet lid that was really heavy and never fell before all of a sudden slammed down with a force that sounded like it was about to crack. Like, you know, it could have busted off the seat. That's how hard it was. And then she also heard another sound, some sort of weird disembodied sound, she told me, that it sounded like someone was driving a truck through the wall, and no, nothing was there, nothing was amiss. Oh my goodness! So this creature, how what did it look like? How tall was it? It was fairly tall, very skinny, and I remember looking out and I couldn't see any clothes. It was just weird. It was it was kind of shadowy, but yet you could see something. And uh, was standing kind of because it was weird because the, the porch light, like I said, it was a very dinky porch light. It wasn't like the high right. high powered LED ones you have today, you know. It was just this tiny little bug light, you know, that we had on. And I remember it was standing just beyond that light, so you could just see like the legs and the torso, and you could kind of make out the head and the arms. And it was just, it was just terrifying. I mean, it was, it was like one of the, the, the few scary things, like I said, that happened there. Not too much happened there that was that scary, but yeah. And yeah, my, my, um, did it move? My sibling. Did it move? Did it talk to you? No, no, that's the thing. It wouldn't move and it, it wouldn't talk and, and it just stood there. And I remember my, my sister and their sibling, uh, my, my, my sibling and their friends were just running from room to room going, should we call the cops? What do we do? <laughs> And it was just, and I'm standing there going, what's happening? What's happening? You know, because the adults, not adults, they're teenagers, really. But you know what I mean? I was like, who's going to protect me? I'm the little kid here, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. MG, I'm going to get you to hold on right there because we are going to go to break here at the top of the hour. Paranormal Stories from Her Heart, author MG Stevens. 
and her experiences all put together in a great book called The Boogeyman Chronicles, which can be found on Amazon as we speak. You know, no extended name, nothing fancy. Let's just get right to the title, The Boogeyman Chronicles. And when we come back, MG is going to explain more of her encounters from The Boogeyman Chronicles when we return for Hour 2 of Spaced Out Radio. Stay tuned. All right, we're clear now. There you go. What's your podcast called? The Boogeyman Chronicles. <laughs> the Boogeyman Chronicles. The Boogeyman, Chron- 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 the Boogeyman Chronicles. Chronicles podcast. Yeah. <sighs> Excuse me. Ugh. I just wanted to, again, to me, like the Boogeyman encompasses a lot of scary things. Yes. You know, so I didn't want to. I didn't want to call it UFO Chronicles to, to just be. You know, I don't want to pigeonhole myself. So I just kind of said the Boogeyman because to me, when I was growing up, the Boogeyman meant anything scary. So. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. I know that feeling. <laughs> I know that feeling. When was your first paranormal encounter? Uh, my first one that I can recall was in 2000, late 2000, 2001. And, uh, my ex-wife and I moved into a duplex and my friend, our friends lived on the other side and we figured, you know what, like I hated duplexes, but it, it was just, it was perfect for babysitting and, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And our kids were relatively the same age and, and it started off with knocking. I was over uh, next door playing a game of crib with my, with my buddy. And all of a sudden I heard this knock on the wall. So I called, you know, I ran over and I said, Hey, did, to my ex-wife, did you need something? She goes, no. I said, well, why were you knocking on the wall? And she goes, I wasn't. Hmm. Right. And that's kind of where it started. And there was just a bunch of weird stuff that happened in that place. And so that we lived there for about two years and didn't like it. Didn't like it at all. And, and I had no, sorry, previous to that, I had worked in a haunted hockey rink a training facility. That was strange. And there were multiple encounters there where, um, you know, my, I remember one of the first times, you know, I, I worked until like one o'clock in the morning and I had to open up the rink at like five o'clock. So I just grabbed a sleeping bag and threw it in the office and was hearing no- weird noises all night long. And I remember saying to my boss one night, I said, you know, you stayed here, you know, uh, you hear anything weird? And he'd be like, dude, this building gives me the creeps. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we we would we would be, I remember one time I was cleaning out the dressing rooms. And my cousin and his girlfriend were there waiting for me because as soon as I got done, we were going to the bar. And mm-hmm. 
all of a sudden we heard the sound of like I had locked up behind. Uh, one of the rules we had was you know because we were the only one there when we were cleaning up. When everybody was exited the building, we would um, we would uh, lock up the building. And I remember this one time, my cousin's there, his girlfriend's there, and nobody had been in the building but us for at least 20, 30 minutes. And I start hearing the sound of pucks hitting the plexiglass and the boards. It's a pretty distinctive sound. Yeah. And I run out to the rink thinking, who's on the ice? And of course, there's no one there, and there's not even a puck on the ice. Right? And it, it was just bad, bad juju there. Yeah. Well, was I mean, like, what what happened there? Was there a, was it haunted land or did I think someone so. die? Or? No, I think it was haunted land. Um, mm-hmm. In order to build the area where they built it, because it was in an industrial area, they had carved down a hillside, and I mm-hmm. think there was somebody in that buried deep in that hillside that had been lost. Mm-hmm. But uh, quickly here, hi, Al Menial, how you doing? Connor from Bigfoot Anonymous, how you doing? Gorgeous Cindy, good to have you back. Uh, who else has joined us here? Um, let's see here. Scrolling on down, I guess that's it. That's it. Uh, Lara, uh, MG is from L.A., Beautiful life. Actually, I'm from the South. I live in LA now, but I'm from the South. <laughs> My family's from North Carolina. Hi, Lance Mannion. How you doing? Did you know from your if you hop on the I five, believe it or not, if you hop on the I five and you drive straight north, you are literally only five turns from my house. Really. How weird is that? <laughs> Five turns. Are you? You're in. You're in uh, Las what, Vegas. Then. No, I'm way up in British Columbia. Oh, British Columbia. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Five turns. How many hours though? That's a lot. Uh, about that's... twenty-five hours. <laughs> you're, no, probably about thirty hours now. About okay. Thirty hours now. <laughs> All right, we got about 45 seconds. want to say a big thank you to Black Dragon, Surf Jared with the hat trick, Vaughn, and Terry for the amazing super chats. Really helps us do what we do on a nightly basis, so thank you so much. Go check out our swag at spacedoutradio.com. I just added a new ball cap that says woo on it. I know you love the woo, people. So we got a new woo cap in there, so make sure you pick that on up, as well as some of our great uh, T-shirts and jackets. And uh, we're going to kick off hour number two here in about 10 seconds. So stay tuned. Here we go, everyone. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio. And on Facebook, Spaced Out Radio Show. Hour number two of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. 
and glad to be broadcasting to you live. want to remind you that if you've missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. We want to say hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates across North America and digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Elatrometer. Electrometer is your password. Use it wisely, space travelers, as the clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. And once again, check us on out. Check out our swag and follow us on social media. We're all over the place. Tonight we are speaking with author M.G. Stevens. She is a lifelong psychic empath who has put her life story out on the Boogeyman Chronicles. It can be found on Amazon right now. And MG, we want to say that she also has a podcast called the Boogeyman Chronicles. So you can check that on as well. MG, welcome back. Thank you. All right. Let's get right to it because, I mean, you dabbled in some aliens and everything like that. (laughs) All right. Everybody likes a little bit of alien stories around here. What happened Mm -hmm. to you extraterrestrially? Oh, boy. Well, my mother had her own encounter, so I don't know if you want to hear that one. But my encounter happened around 1995, and I was living in the South, and um, there was this home church, this home home churchy thing that my mom used to go to, and I hated it. I was uh, I was almost about, I think I was probably 17, 18 years old, and I was getting to the point where I was like, I, I don't want to be going to church no more, Mom. And so I told her. Like, I really can't go in there anymore. I can't do it. And I just kind of had a freak out right before we went in. And I was like, I can't, I can't go in there. I can't go in there. I can't stand the people. They're just hypocrites and they're awful. And I just, I can't, I can't do it. And she said, okay, okay. She was real cool about it. She said, okay, just stay out here, which was, you know, I don't know if you've ever seen those quadplexes, those developments that have a bunch of quadplexes and they've got like the, um, the, uh, the fenced in patio, um, it was that it was out, you know, I was standing outside one of those. So there was a man-made pond and I'm standing on the pond, you know, just out, you know, standing there trying to, you know, cause I had a lot of anxiety attacks back then. And I was just standing there kind of, you know, trying to calm myself down, realize that I've got to be out here for four hours. These churchy things last a really long time. So I'm like, crap, I'm going to have to stay out here. So I just, you know, I was like, but I'm not going in there. So I got to stay out here. I got to make the best of it. So, I just stood there on that pond and I'm, you know, if you're near a pond or canal in the South, there's toads everywhere. And those toads croaking are so loud and deafening. That's all you hear is that, you know, so, you know, imagine a few hundred of those toads just croaking. It's a cacophony of sound and you just don't hear anything else. They drowned out everything. So I'm standing there thinking, oh, crap, I got to be out here for four hours. And then I thought, no, 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 I'll, I'll be okay. I'll, you know, I'm cool. I can handle it. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser. Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Say goodbye 
to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. So I remember looking up at the sky, trying to distract myself. And I remember not seeing any clouds, any sky, any, you know, any, uh, like, like weird, you know, no, no clouds, no stars, no moon, no nothing. I'm just seeing black. It, It almost didn't even look like the sky. It just looked like black felt. It was very fuzzy looking. And it was, it was a weird kind of black. It was like, it, it, the sky just did not look right. And I remember looking up at it and going, what is with the sky? This, that's weird, you know? And I didn't think anything of it. I didn't think UFOs. I wasn't even thinking about UFOs. I was just was like trying to calm myself down, looking at the sky, going, okay, that looks weird. And then all of a sudden, I got this rush of, it felt like I was being stalked. And I, was, I got a rush of fear, terror, dread, panic. Oh my God, run, you know, the, the, the lion is right there at you, you know, that kind of like, Oh my God, you know? And so I kept getting, I got this rush and I, Oh my God, you know? And I, I was like, I thought I would really thought someone I was picking up on a person stalking me. So I'm looking all around and it's dark, it's nighttime and I'm trying to see, and I'm not seeing a person, but I'm, I'm certain someone is sneaking up on me at any minute. Someone's going to sneak up on me. And so I'm looking terrified, trying to find a person. Finally, I kind of calm myself down. And then I notice there's no sound. All of the sound that I just heard, you know, from the the the, the toads and the you know the, the the cars and the you know the singing of the church people and the, the the you know someone's TV or radio dogs barking blah 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 all this ambient sound completely stopped. It was like someone had muted the planet. And I remember going, okay, that's weird. No sky. Okay. And another rush of that terror hit me. And I, it was so terrifying. I almost dropped my knees. It was just like, oh my God, you know, it, t- it took the breath out of you. And again, I'm looking all around because I'm thinking that there's going to be a person. There's no person. And I'm like, what the hell is happening right now? So I'm looking at this guy. All this is happening. I'm drawing this out to tell you, but all this is happening within half seconds. So I'm looking up at the sky, weird sky terrifying feeling looking around then all of a sudden I calm myself down notice there's no sound anywhere it's like being in a sound booth and then another rush of terror and I'm looking all around and then all of a sudden where there wasn't a cloud in the sky all of a sudden and it's not that 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 high up but all of a sudden I see a thin strip of clouds and I see three bright lights inside the clouds now, in my little crappy town that I lived in in the South, anytime we saw something like that, my mom would always say, oh, car dealership's having a sale. Because, <laughs> you know, anytime the car dealership's having a sale, they always bring out those spotlights. And the spotlights do this. And they hit the clouds. And you see them and you go, oh, uh. And so that's what it was. I, so I thought, you know. And so I, I looked at it for a second. I saw those lights and I went, ah, car dealership's having a sale. And I turned my head because I'm getting another rush of this terror And I turn my head and all of a sudden, as I turn my head, I literally hear in my head telepathically, look at the lights again. Oh my. And I was like, uh, that's not my thought. Cause I had already just dismissed it. 
So my head whips around and I look at these three lights and I'm again, seconds, you know, and I'm looking at these lights and the lights aren't hitting the cloud. They're not coming up. There's no beams hitting from the lights. They're, they're not hitting the clouds. They're in the clouds. And so I see these three lights and I'm really focusing in on them. And here they are going in this very, excuse me, the very intricate formation, almost like a figure eight. Now there's no sound to these lights, no sound at all. And they're moving in this very intricate formation. And it was almost like they wanted me to notice them. And I remember I looked up and I went, what the, the minute, the minute my brain went, what the heck, you know, the minute I do that, they stopped right where they were and then started following each other in a circle. (laughs) So this thing, whatever these things were, were reacting to my thoughts. And I remember looking at this thing and I remember thinking, not a plane, not a helicopter. Of course, we didn't have drones like we do do now. So I remember looking up at these lights and I immediately got the sense, oh, that's what's stalking me. That's the creepy feeling. Because it was almost like when someone wants to creep you out, they, they kind of show up and they're just there and you're just looking at them and you're like, what? And it's just staring at you, you know? It was almost like that energy. It was almost like, yeah, we're here. And I literally heard in my head, because I remember thinking, I just had this distinct impression, distinct feeling. These things weren't supposed to be here. I, I had a feeling like they were violating some sort of airspace or or they they knew they weren't supposed to be here they were violating some sort of rule i know that sounds nuts but that's what i what i felt immediately when i saw these things i went what and it was just like yeah we're not supposed to be here and i literally heard telepathically in my head we're not supposed to be here and we know you know it (laughs) Uh. i I mean like it was taunting me like it was like like some kind of schoolyard bully it was taunting me and I got mad, and I remember thinking, "You don't wait a minute now. You don't come to my planet and start shouldering me. You know, you don't start doing this business." And I got pissed. And I, I remember I looked at that thing, and I thought, "No, <laughs> you're not, you're not coming out here to scare me. No, no." And I remember, you know, of course, being, you know, in the church, you're, you're taught that if there's something scary. You got to say in the name of Jesus, you know, right? So, because Jesus makes the bad go away, right? right? So that's what I did. I looked at this thing and I went, you're not supposed to be here and you know it. And in the name of Jesus, you better get out of here right now. And those, and the angrier I got, the faster the light spun because they were spinning in a nice, even circle, just spinning, no sound. And the minute I went, oh no, you're not supposed to be here. You get out of here right now in Jesus' name. They sped up and, and just flew out of that cloud. And if I had blinked, I would have missed it. My goodness. So, yeah. So, I have a part two to this. So, anyway, needless to say, I was petrified. I was like, oh, my God, what did I just see? So, I ran into the churchy, the, the one place I said I wasn't going to go that night. I ran into that churchy, you know, apartment thing going on. And I remember... I ran to like the, 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 the closest quiet place, which was a, a stairwell that was like off to the side staircase off to the side. It was enclosed. And I, I sat there on those stairs and for God knows how long I, I hugged my knees and 
I just I just sat there and rocked, hugged my knees and just kind of rocked myself because I was just like, what did I just see? And my mother saw me come in and she knows me better than anybody. And she saw me and she said, what's happened? What, what, what happened to you? Like real quietly. She looked at me. She said, what happened to you? And I said, something happened. I saw something. And she kind of looked over her shoulder at all the other people. And she said, okay, don't say anything, but we'll talk later. So when we got home, I told her what I saw. And she had her own UFO. And, you know, she had her own abduction encounter. She she was actually abducted. So she had her own encounter. And so she, you know, she believed me. She said, I, I believe you. And, um, but she said, don't say anything. Because, you know, the people that we are, you know, we hang around these, you know, super churchy Christians, um, they're they're going to say you brought the devil you know they're gonna say you know it's, it was your fault you did something so so don't don't say anything to anybody and I didn't I didn't have anyone to tell really because I you know didn't really have a lot of friends back then I was really I was agoraphobic and kind of a shut-in so I didn't have anyone to tell and so I remember the next meeting I was not about to stay home and I was not about to stay outside so I was like, well, I'm going to stay with all these, you know, people I can't stand because I'm not going to, you know, get taken out by, you know, creepy E.T. So um, anyway, so I I sat in that meeting and sulked the whole entire service, you know, the, the singing, the preaching, the Bible study. I'm just sitting there like, oh, no. And I noticed, and everyone else did too, that the parents of my ex-boyfriend who were the super Christians of that whole place, you know, they were missionaries. These people were, I mean, they, they didn't let anything into their house that wasn't of God. That wasn't uh, Jesus ridden. Uh, there was no newspapers. There was no magazines. There was nothing that wasn't Christian in their house. They didn't even watch TV. Everything in their house was either a Christian book or a Bible. And so this is how they lived. And, they didn't believe in UFOs. They didn't talk about UFOs. The UFOs were of the devil, you know. So I remember they walked in. Now, this is the exact, exactly a week later, the very next church service. They walk in, and normally the father was really loud, obnoxious kind of guy. And the wife was, you know, the stepmom was kind of quiet, subservient, but she was very friendly. They walked in clinging to each other like a couple of scared monkeys. And they were absolutely terrified. And they looked like they had seen a ghost. And everyone noticed how different they were. Everyone was like whispering, like, what's wrong with them? What's going on with them? And they sat down on this one little love seat. And they literally just clung to each other the entire meeting. They did not, like, they they just acted like they saw the worst thing in the world. So after the meeting... People get up and they start conversing and they start eating, you know, getting coffee, tea, Coke, you know, soda, whatever, cake, whatever it is. And they just get up and they start talking and whatever. And a bunch of people were like, should we talk to them? Because they, they didn't get up. They didn't stand up. They didn't get anything to eat. They didn't converse with anybody. They sat on that couch clinging to. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Say goodbye 
to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill to each other like they had seen a ghost and so everybody was like should we talk to them should we i don't know what should we what should we do so finally someone went over there and said hey are you guys okay and they literally looked up so pitifully i mean i kind of felt bad for them at this point because nobody knew what was going on and they looked up and they said we we saw something we saw something we saw something we saw something and everyone was like, what the heck is going on? You know, you do that kind of thing in a fundamentalist, Christian, Christian-y, churchy, you know, an environment, people tend to freak out, you know. And so finally, someone said, look, do you need prayer? Do you need to talk or something? And finally, they they, they broke their silence and they said, we when the last weekend, which was the last meeting, which is the meeting that I saw the lights, they said they were driving home. And they said something very heavy and metallic landed on the roof of their truck and tried to pick up their truck for at least a half a mile. And they said it sounded like a heavy metal trash can, you know, those big, heavy, those big metal trash cans that we used to have, not the plastic rolling bins that we got now, but the the heavy, it it landed with a clang, really loud metallic sound. And they said that this thing desperately tried to pick up their truck now these people i know where they lived i dated their dumb kid you know um they lived in a heavily residential area this was suburban you know it it, it was it you know what i mean i mean you're kind of thinking what are these ufos thinking you know you're gonna you're gonna snatch someone's car up in, in the middle of suburbia but yeah they they were they were absolutely terrified and they said, of course, being the, the super Christians that they were, they, they said that they um, uh, prayed that they had a war in the spirit, which means they prayed some of those hard and those hard, loud prayers, you know, get out of here in Jesus name, leave us alone, blah, blah, blah. And they said the front of their truck lifted up. <laughs> the front of their truck lifted up several times because this thing was determined to snatch them up. And so they kept praying and finally they said the thing latched, unlatched itself. You could feel that the card, you know, drop and I guess it flew off. I don't know, but they, um, they, they just couldn't believe it. And this was something that was, they'd never experienced this before. You know, at least my mom and I, we had seen some stuff, you know what I mean? So, so we, we, you know, we had an open mind. We realized, Oh, this freaking UFOs, you know what I mean? You know, but they got some aliens there. Yeah, and these people did not believe in this. So what was this thing? So this really challenged how they saw the world, how they saw themselves. That is fantastic. You know, I mean, because you know they're either going to go one of two ways. They're either going to go into a a rest of a lifetime in denial and cover up, or they're going to be like right into everything trying to figure out what it is, but we'll just keep it hushed from the Christian folk around us. Yeah, that's what I, I always thought to myself because I, I thought many many times about what they what they they saw because this to me this this changed them so much you would think that this would be a 
this would be a life-altering experience for them. So I realized very early on this could have gone two ways for them. They could have gone more religious because that's what Christians do. These super Christians, these fundamentalist churchy Christians, what happens is if something bad happens to them, they tend to blame themselves. They did something. They let the devil in. And so the devil's attacking them now. So they could have gone that way with it. Like, oh, we, we skipped that Bible study or we slept in and we didn't go to church. So we... um you know, we, we, we're, we're, we're the bad guys here. We let the devil in. We let our guard down. Or they could have gone, hey, you know what? Maybe there is something out there that's beyond God, Jesus, the, the, the devil, the demons, the angels. Maybe there is something out there. And maybe this did open their mind. I, I don't think so because <laughs> the, they, they were pretty close-minded. But um, they probably buried this very deep and then went very you know, much more Christian-y with it and probably thought that, you know, they let the devil in at some point. But, um, yeah, I mean, this was a, a life-altering encounter. I mean, it, it was for me, and I kind of doubted myself. Like, did I really see that? I mean, I didn't go out of the house for two weeks. I was terrified. And, um, but, I mean, it was life-altering for me, but yet, again, I had an open mind. My mom had an open mind. We knew there was other things out there that can't be explained. Um, but these people, this completely shook their world up you know i can see that i can totally (laughs) see that i mean did they ever talk about it again you know i lost contact with them because we stopped going to this churchy thing my mom finally got tired of going there so we stopped going to it so i i often wonder what happened to them you know did, did did they go this way or that way goodness me you know and and you know what i i kind of know that feeling for myself, because when I had um, my black triangle incident over top of my house with with a couple of my friends on my patio, it, it, it's scary when mm-hmm. all of a sudden you look up and there is something there. And this thing was only a couple thousand feet above us, and and you know it just I can understand that fear, I can understand that panic, and everything. I mean. Gosh, I, I drank a lot of beer that night after that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Because you, you, you don't, this this is a thing said not to exist. And now here it is. What do you do? And your brain scatters in a thousand different directions, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you ever mention to your mom that you had potentially seen that exact same craft that took them or that was chasing them? Yeah, because I went home and told her because she 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 came around the corner because she because when I ran in after I had seen that, like I said, I went to the stairwell and I was hugging my knees. I'm sure I was white as a sheet. And she was like, what happened to you? And I said, I saw something. And I went home and I told her. But did you guys put two and two together that it could have been that same craft? Yeah, yeah. We we started to kind of talk about it. And we just we just kind of went, wow. That was weird, you know, and yeah. we we didn't really talk about it much after that. But we, you know, we kind of put two and two together that I guess they they went to bother me. I guess they were just case in the place. You know what I mean? It, it kind of I, I always joke about this. Like I, I never had a, another UFO encounter because I think I sent them off with such a bad taste in their mouth that they they put me on some sort of intergalactic do not call list. And so they haven't bothered me as, since then because they they went to they were like nah man she's crazy she started screaming at us and everything like they crossed me off the list like no no re, no you know re, recall you know, like you know no no follow up calls that kind of thing and um and it kind of really felt like these were sort of like newbies 
because it kind of felt like they were kind of like teenagers that kind of got the got their dad's car and it was like let's cause some trouble it had that energy to it you know what i mean because i quickly sent that thing off screaming at it i mean it's, you know and i always tell people that it, it reminds me of the the kind of um when you see that that viral video of that dumb guy that's dancing in front of the the buffalo, yes, because he thinks the buffalo is that dumb slow thing, and then the buffalo starts taking off, and the guy's like, oh, you know, it's kind of like that. They thought it was like the dumb earthling, like, hey, let's go bother some earthlings tonight, and they came and started to bother me, and I'm like, no, and I started, I you know, kind of charged at them, and they freaked out, you know, so you know, um, what? it kind of has that feel to it. I would love to see if they're vehicle had had markings on it afterwards. MJ Stevens is here. We have her for another 30 minutes. Her book on Amazon is called The Boogeyman Chronicles. Her podcast is the same name. We'll be back with MG when we return on Spaced Out Radio. This is so much fun. <laughs> so much fun. So. <laughs> yeah, my mom had a really creepy encounter. Well, you, I mean, uh, you know, call it, I don't know, better, but her encounter was way more involved. She she actually was taken aboard a craft. Nice. <laughs> she swore it was a dream. That was the funny thing. She was like, no, it was a dream. I'm like, mom, that was no dream. And no. she didn't want to hear it. <laughs> she got some aliens. She got some aliens. Yeah. Who hasn't had aliens, really? <laughs> Who hasn't had aliens? Have you had aliens? <laughs> Evan? <clears throat> you having fun yet? <laughs> Who me? Yes, you. Are you talking to me? Okay, I, I don't. I don't know if you're talking to me or you're. you're no, um... I, I'll let I'll <laughs> let you know if I'm talking to the. Other. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm having a lot of fun. Good. <laughs> Good. It's always it's always fun to talk to like minded people. You know, you start because I mean, you know, it's it's one thing when you're in the room full of skeptics and you start talking about this kind of stuff. They kind of start snickering and you know giggling, and it's just like, oh come on. But then when you start talking about people that are like, yeah, I saw that same thing. You know, it's it's kind of it's different energy. Very true. <laughs> very very true. Very true. Uh, right. I love the energy, and that's that's what I love about our crowd too. Is that uh, is that they're like right into it too with their own experiences and stories. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's all good. All good. <laughs> oh, Michael Leger is here. The Michael Leger, the creator of my gnome, right here. Oh, okay. Yeah. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> Still can't believe you made that by hand. <laughs> Love this thing. That's very cute. Yeah. It's freaking awesome. <laughs> Uh, original Aaron, check in the cupboard. Just to the left. All right, got to ask you a very tough question here. We ask this of every guest. <laughs> don't ruin it. Don't say the wrong answer if you don't mind. What's your opinion of eating breakfast foods for dinner? I love it. It's called night breakfast. No? Oh, come on. It's called night breakfast. It's good. What, is my interview over? Are you going to disconnect me? <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, it's terrible. No, no. These people in the other in the chat room there, they're all cheering you on because apparently, oh. apparently I'm the I'm the I'm the weird one here. Um, it's called night breakfast, and you need to get on on board. It's 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 awesome. Breakfast is for morning time. No, wake up food. in the morning. No, it's for the morning time. That's the reason why they have the name breakfast behind them. All right. <laughs> <sighs> well, I mean, look at look at other countries and what they eat for breakfast. You know what I mean? It's completely different than North America. We're not so. in other countries. We are in the <laughs> continent of North America. Okay. Oh. I'm trying to help. I'm trying to help. All right. I'm just going to ignore you right now. Uh, okay. <laughs> let's, let's say uh, hello, good evening to the lovely Rose Demaray. Uh, let's say hello to our good friend, lovely Lavira Lucchini. Uh, Acreon, good to have you here. Hey, where's Race Fan tonight? Where's Race Fan? He never misses a show. Sweet Tony D, nice to have you here. Yes, Von Patrick, 100% agree, except for the damn breakfast for dinner crap that she just <laughs> tried to pull. Yeah, that ruined everything. She was wow. an amazing guest. Was an amazing guest. All right. Sorry, sorry. Look at the sickness of Zenzibil here. The only thing better than breakfast for dinner, Dave, is breakfast for dinner on a cruise ship. You know what happens on a cruise ship? They sink. And then the sharks eat you. That's terrible. Terrible. Uh, thank thank you to veteran Surf Jair for the hat trick. Black Dragon, Vaughn, and Terry for the wonderful Super Chats. It's a wonderful way to support what we do on this show. Here we go with uh, the next half hour.
past the halfway point of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. Want to remind you that if you've missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do me the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on with M.G. Stevens. She's a paranormal author, experiencer, psychic medium. She wears a great fedora hat. I mean, there's not much to like about uh, not to like about her except the fact that she eats breakfast foods at night, which I highly disagree with. But that's okay. Everyone's got their flaws. M.G., welcome back. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. Outside of the aliens that uh, you guys had, Let's go back to your book, The Boogeyman Chronicles. I want to know about your mom's astral traveling. Oh, well, I I talked about that earlier. That was I don't remember that. You don't remember? (laughs) Um, yeah, I mean my 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 oldest sibling had a baby and my my mother wished, you know, that she could Yeah, yeah, that's that that was my mom. I'm sure she had many other encounters that she just I mean, my mom, like, treated it like it was an everyday thing because that was kind of what she did. So if she did after travel. This whole breakfast for dinner thing just screwed me right oh, up. It just screwed oh, me right up. Let's just go to Vaughn here. Vaughn is asking, MG, are you angry about your experiences or have you grown as a person? Um, I feel like I've grown as a person because now I'm finally starting to kind of get comfortable in this skin. I'm starting to finally kind of go, okay, so I'm a medium empath and this is what I do and this is who I am. And I can't, you know, I can't get away from it. This is, you know, it's just, it's, it it is, it is what it is. And and this is me. And I have an antenna that's up all the time and you have to learn to live with it. You know, it's almost like a, like a disability or a condition, you know, you almost have have to kind of uh, accommodate it. And that's kind of what I have to do. And so I, you know, I'm not really angry because it's just, it's, it's like being angry for being dyslexic. I mean, what, really, you're going to hate your own brain, you know? I mean, there's times when you do get angry, but what can you do about it? You know, being angry doesn't solve anything. You just have to take the positives and, and make it, you know, into something good. How often are your experiences now? I haven't had anything really um, terribly scary in the last, um, I would say, in the last maybe three or four years. Um, I've been kind of on just, you know, kind of going through my own health issues and stuff like that and just kind of, you know, dealing with, with, with the sort of the everyday stuff that's been right in front of me. So I've been kind of sheltered from it. I really haven't gone on any investigations. Um, I do help people, uh, diagnostically, you know, when it comes to, um, their own, uh, encounters or their own, um, uh, say they have something in their house or their apartment or their land, and they send me pictures and I can kind of tell them what's on their land or in their house. And, and I, I can't really do the clean, the clear, the clearings myself. I mean, I'll recommend you to someone or uh, what have you, but I, I, I do more of the diagnose, diagnosing of those things. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good at calling those things out. I kind of know what's, you know, if, if there's something in, in the room or, you know, on that property. So. 
Very, very cool. I like the way that you have kind of matured around it. You've you've accepted it. A lot of people struggle with that, and a lot of people tend to wonder, you know, is this something that is going to end? Do you think you've been shut down the last three, four years, kind of like they've said, okay, we've given her enough, let's let's calm it down for a while? It, it could be. There, you know, who knows? The powers that be might be like, you know what? She's going through enough. Let's just, you know, let's just let her uh, deal with what's in front of her. And, and, you know, when she's in a better place, let's, you know, get her again. I don't know. Who knows? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of, I mean, again, I, I have that antenna that's always up. So I know when someone's going to call me. I know when something's going to happen or not happen. You know what I mean? There's, there's a level of it that's always there. Um, I tell people there's, it's not really an off and on switch. It's more like a dimmer switch. I can kind of turn it down and be like, okay, I got a lot going on. So let's just focus on this and kind of shut out all that other stuff. Um, And again, you know, I'm not in the place to where I'm I'm encountering a lot of things uh, right now. I'm I'm just, you know, I'm not doing, like I said, I'm not going on actual, I mean, I've been asked to be on two paranormal shows and I just kind of told them I can't really do that right now. So um, just not a good place for that. All right. I want to ask you in regards to your book again, The Boogeyman Chronicles, which can be found on Amazon. Way down there in Chapter 11, you have The Chasers. Now, for most of us, The Chasers are going to be about, you know, having a chaser with your alcoholic beverage. But this is more paranormal, you know. And I'm curious if you could break down what that is. Well, several different times, I didn't know what else to call them, you know, but several different times, um, like I said, I, I, I felt like I had like a linebacker run at me um, and you could feel the wind, you know, the, the wind of something. But, you know, and then there was other times when um, right before I, I went back to live with my mom, I was about 13 and we had moved into this house that the land was not good. There was something on that land. And I remember there was times when I could, I could feel, I'd be in the hallway and I could feel something come up behind me and I'd be like, Oh crap. Okay. 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 And I would just take off running and whatever this thing was, I could feel it right on my heels because something would trip me and I would fall and I would look back and I could, again, couldn't see anything, but I could feel something just kind of glowering over me. Like I got you, you know? And so, yeah, I mean, there's, there were a few instances where I would just be so freaked out. I would just take off running and whatever this thing was, it was hot on my heels. Oh, wow. Wow. At any point for a lot of these entities that you have encountered, they always seem in your case to be a more of a negative, uh, aspect to them. Like, did Mm -hmm. you have a lot of positivity with the paranormal as well? Or were your encounters just like a lot of ET people where, where they only have the negative happen to them. And some people get all the peace, love and light and, you know, grandma Sawyer coming up and saying, Hey, this is my famous cookie recipe, you know, but you don't seem to have that. No, no, unfortunately, um, uh, you know, when I was younger, I think I was just scared. I, you know, it, it, again, it's it's the bully factor where the, the, the big bullies see the scared little kid, if, whether it's in school or paranormal speaking, you know, they, they, they see that that little kid that's not going to fight back. And they're like, I'm going to get that one. You know, that the, the one that's, you know, not not uh, doesn't look very confident, you know, and I guess that's how I looked maybe to the paranormal bullies. You know, I, I guess I looked. Like I was, you know, not very confident. So I got, you know, I got 
beat up for lack of a better word, you know, for bullied for, for many, many years until finally, um, I, I kind of grew some balls, you know, and, and, and spiritually, I guess I had just seen a lot of stuff. And of course, you know, the whole Christian thing, you know, you, you realize where your power lies, you know, where your authority lies. Um, even if you're not, I mean, I know people that aren't Christian that still use the name of Jesus and it, it, it just does what it does. You know, it gets rid of the bad. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, I'm, I, I, I never, I never really, I mean, I can think back to, you know, maybe a counter encounter or two that wasn't, it's weird. It's like, it goes from terrifying to creepy, but there's no real good in any of it, you know, but, but I mean, there is, like I said before, there is that other side of it to where I can help people with it. You know what I mean? So there is that, but as far as stuff coming at me, grandma has never come at me. I wish grandma would come at me. I miss her. You know what I mean? <laughs> I would, would love to see my grandma again. Oh Yeah. I've only ever seen my grandma once, and uh, that happened when uh, it happened when my nephew passed away, mm-hmm. and he was twenty nine when he passed away, and he he was born, I think, about six months, five months before my grand. Uh, right after my grandmother had passed away, so she didn't get a chance to meet him on this side. Mm. And it was very traumatic for my sister, who was very close with my grandmother at that time. And so Mm. that was a little harsh, and that was the only time. I've seen both my grandfathers, Hmm. but my, my one grandmother hadn't seen her ever until this point. And the funny part about it is she never said a thing to me. She just smiled, and she was looking down at my nephew with the biggest smile on her face and and uh, kind of like, hey, son, Grandma's got you now. And it, it was mm-hmm. beautiful. It, I feel myself getting a little choked up over that, but... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for your loss. But I mean, you know, the positive is she, she, you know, that, that her coming back, let you know, we're all together back over here. You know, we're all, we're all good. We're all together and we're all, we're okay. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I don't have any issue with that whatsoever. I, I thought it was kind of cool. I, I was mm-hmm. just, I, I just was like, I remember saying to her, Hey grandma, you know, you can come around a little bit more often, you know? You know, I'm, well, I mean, maybe she is and you just you just don't see her or feel her. But, you know, what? ask for a sign. That's that's one thing I always tell people. Always ask for a sign if, you know, you want to see grandma or whoever. Yeah. You know. Yeah. No, my grandfather on my dad's side, he, he used to come around quite a bit. He used to mm. come around a lot. And some of the experiences we had with him, it was just some were creepy. Some were really cool. I remember when my daughter, she was about four or five months old, maybe a little bit older. Yeah, maybe a little older than that. Pardon me. I picked her up one day, and she smelled just like my grandfather's lawnmower shop. Hmm. And my ex-wife couldn't smell it. And and I'm like, how could you not smell this? Like, she didn't <laughs> have a dirty diaper or anything, right? And... And I'm like, how can you not smell this? The smell of grease and gasoline and dirt and cut grass and just, Mm -hmm. I would do anything to smell that again. 
And and I remember I called my grandmother up shortly after that. I'm like, Grandma, you're not going to believe what's going on here. And she, and she goes, like, I tell her, and she goes, you know what? She goes, that doesn't surprise me. She go, I said, really? She goes, she always called me, in her Ukrainian accent, she goes, David. She <laughs> goes, you have to understand, your grandfather always wanted a granddaughter. Aww. Or a daughter, and they had three mm-hmm. sons. Mm-hmm. I, she goes, so no, it doesn't surprise me whatsoever. And I was just like, ah, oh, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. That's a cool, yeah. You know, we've got 10 minutes with you. We need to learn a lot more about your stories. Hell with mine. <laughs> no. No, I love hearing about other people's stories, especially their, their you know, family encounters. Um, you know, I, I, I have a relative that passed, and anytime I, I go through something, um, I, I this person um, loved monarch butterflies, and monarch butterflies will show up either in real life or I'll see one. Uh, I saw a, a a cardboard one on the side of the road the other day. That's when I was starting to get kind of worried about something. I saw that and I was like, okay, you know, that was my sign, you know? Now, the fact that you once again have kind of been shut down for the last three or four years, have you been able to finally breathe a little bit and get your own life in order that you may not have been able to previous? Yeah, I mean, you know, again, like when I hit those teenage years and I, I you know, I did, the, you know, did the Christian thing and I kind of realized, oh, this is how you make the bad go away. That's when I started to get a, a more of a foothold. And so if anything ever came at me, it doesn't bother me now. It's like a shoe fly, you know, kind of thing now. So from the time of 15 on, um, you know, I, I had, you know, I've had several encounters that I just kind of was like, get out of here. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, the last few years I haven't had anything terrifying coming at me. Cause like I said, I'm not going, I'm not doing the ghost hunts. I'm not doing the investigations, um, haven't for a while. So, um, you know, I haven't had anything terrifying coming at me, but like I said, I'm, I'm always on, it's, it's a dimmer switch. So the antenna is always up. Um, so I, I do readings for people. I do that kind of thing. Um, but, um, but as far as terrifying, you know, really horrible things coming at me, I haven't had that in the last few years, which is nice. (laughs) It's a nice little break. Do you ever, do you ever wish that there are certain part portions of it that you could change or experience that you haven't experienced yet? Uh, what do you mean exactly? Well, well, for instance, like for me as as an experiencer, you know, I've I've seen UFOs. I've seen mm-hmm. UFOs on the ground. I would love. I was ch- too chicken to run in and have it, you know, to run up to that craft and and check it on out. I would do anything mm-hmm. to do that again. You know, I mean, do you have any experiences that you would like to change or have happen again that? you know, that maybe you would do differently? No. (laughs) A lot of these encounters, again, you know, there's a few things that I would like to go back to my old hometown, and I would like to do a tour of all the places I grew up to see what I feel now that I know what it is. You know what I mean? I know that it's the paranormal, 
now I have a better idea. So now I want to go back to those places and, and see what I pick up. You know what I mean? Just to see what, what I feel, especially at that condo. I, I want to go there and I want to, I want to, I want to, conf- it's like going back to confront your bullies. You know, you want to come, come go back to them and be like, well, you weren't so scary. And, and, you know, look at them and just say, what, what, what was it about me? And, and, and face off and, and kind of see them for who they are now, now that you're on this other side of it. And so that's kind of what I want to do. I um, don't want to change any encounters because they are what they are, but I would love to go back and, um, and do a, a tour of those old places and just kind of, you know, see things from a completely different angle. So you do. You do. Yeah. And it, yeah, I mean, I, I don't really want to change any encounters because it's like, I don't, I mean, they, they are what they are. And I, they, they, I, you know, I feel like they made me who I am. You know what I mean? This book wouldn't be here. The podcast wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be helping people if I hadn't been through all that scary stuff and know what it's like to, to feel out of control. Um, but I really, I really want to go back to those places. I, I find myself looking Google, I Google Earth some of these places and I looked at them to see what I feel. And I still get creeped out. I still feel a really bad feeling. So I think whatever's there is, is still there. Question from Captain Rabbit over the, in the UK. If you can make them leave in Jesus' name, can you make them come back in his name as well? I don't think so. I think when you banish something, that's that's the whole point of getting rid of it. I don't think you can make something appear. Um, I've never heard of that. I've never heard of people, you know, wishing something. Usually when you're trying to summon something, it's usually a demon or something. You know what I mean? So um, I've never I've never heard of someone doing that. I mean, I've seen a lot of people pray over people in Jesus name, pray that, you know, they get healed or restored or their situation gets, gets fixed. But I've never seen anyone call something forth in Jesus' name unless you're trying to... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. To summon Jesus himself. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, continue on here. You know, for you, as you move forward here, you know, what are your plans moving towards the future, you know, with the paranormal? Obviously, you were able to get this book out you know, the Boogeyman Chronicles, and now you've kind of started your own podcast to kind of help learn and, and, and teach others and even learn for yourself. But for you, where do you see yourself expanding here? 
Um, you know, I, I, I am in the process of writing more books. Um, I am working on a book now called um, Stories from Turtle Island, which is um, an indigenous person's perspective of the paranormal. Um, I see a lot of books where it's white people or non-native people talking about, you know, sharing other like natives, you know, indigenous people's paranormal stories. And I want to get a first person's perspective on that. So I, I, I'm interviewing, um, you know, indigenous people. Uh, folks um and getting their stories um so that's that's one book um and there's another book that i'm working on because there is a correlation between neurodivergence and esp a lot of people who are autistic and have adhd not all but a lot are psychic um they either have you know um precognitive dreams or they have full-on paranormal experiences or they they can guess the, the 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 gender of a baby before it's born you know like weird little things like that um, stuff like that. So um, I'm writing a book about that. And um, so if anyone has any stories, if you're an indigenous person and you 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 have any stories, please write me, boogeymanchronicles at outlook.com. Also, if you're neurodivergent or you know someone who's neurodivergent that has, um, you know, um, experiences, you know, is, has ESP and, and uh, has paranormal experiences, please write me. Um, I would love to hear your story. Um, and you know, stuff like that. I just, I really, I love getting people's stories out there. Um, and to, you know, keep, I keep, I, again, why do I have this uh, ability? And I feel like it's to help people. So I, uh, I do reading. So if you want a medium mediumship reading, please let me know. And, or if you have, you know, a haunted location that you, you know, want someone to, to help you, uh, understand it better then give, you know, drop me a line. And she eats breakfast for dinner, people. So just be careful yep. of that. Proudly. Proudly. Hold, hold her <laughs> to a grain of salt. Know, <laughs> just just going to say that. You know, can we really trust someone's psychic opinion if they eat breakfast for dinner? I really yes. don't. Yes. Mm. Yes. Yes, you can. I just don't know about this. <laughs> I just don't know about it. We got two and a half minutes left uh, for you tonight. And I want to say thank you for coming on and making this such a fun and wonderful show. You are very entertaining and fun. And the fedora hat just <laughs> put the nail uh, on the, on the, you know, put the nail on it. it it's just beautiful uh, for you. Go, you know, as you uh, start to expand your podcast and everything, where can people find your podcast and how many times a week are you going or what's your schedule? Oh, right now I haven't posted a new video in a while. Um, I have several guests lined up, um, but schedules and this and that. I had surgery actually a few months ago, so I'm still recovering from that. Um, so things have, you know, been kind of on the back burner, but um, I have some really good shows up. Um, I, I, I kind of go a little longer than usual with some people like Terry Lovelace. Um, we did like four episodes with him, um, crammed into two because he has so many encounters. It went, it went into his childhood. So I, I, I kind of sweep the corners of people's lives. I don't just talk about that one encounter. I want to talk about all of it. Um, just so people can hear that and, you know, maybe feel a sense of solidarity and solace. Like, oh, I, you know, I, I've had a lifetime of encounters too. You know, that's the whole thing. That's my thing, a lifetime of encounters. And, uh, you know, so I, I, I interview a lot of people that have a lifetime of, you know, encounters. And, and two, I know quite a few people that only had one encounter. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm lining those shows up as we speak. But, um, but yeah, it's on YouTube. It's, um, it's called The Boogeyman Chronicles. And it's just a simple format. You know, I'm just talking to people, getting their stories out. Awesome. 
Awesome. And and hopefully you get that fired up again pretty soon because mm-hmm. there's a lot of people to talk to and and you know so many fresh stories that are out there that just need to come to light. I mean, we've heard a bunch of them, but you know that's why I was excited about getting you on this show. It's a new story, it's a new adventure of of true life that was happening for you, and I'm so glad you decided to come on here. Thank you so much for coming on Spaced Out Radio. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. I had a really good time. Me too. Me too. It went very <laughs> fast. Hard to believe two hours is up. Yeah. I know. I know. <laughs> you know, uh, MJ Stevens, everyone, The Boogeyman Chronicles. It can be found on Amazon, the book. You definitely want to get it. I mean, there's nothing better than true stories of a lifetime. And that's what you got here is true stories of a lifetime. And that's, you know what? That's all you can ask is somebody's life story of the woe. Because that's what we do here. Coming up in hour number three, we're going to head to the swamp. Our resident swamp dweller has a spooky story for you. Then the fedora-wearing John Hudson returns for the unbiased UFO report. Hour three of Spaced Out Radio, coming up right after this. All right, we're clear. Great show. Oh, good. I'm I'm glad you like it. (laughs) Black Dragon again? Thank you so much, my friend. Very much appreciate the love. Wow. I'm special tonight. I'm special. (laughs) Thank you so much, my man. Appreciate it. Yeah, great job, by the way. Thank you. And... I apologize to you. I'm not feeling 100% today. And oh, yeah, no problem. So normally I'm, uh, you know, bouncing all over the place, but I loved your story, and I thought it was very, very from the heart. And that's all I ever ask for my, from my guests is just speak, it, speak your truth from the heart, and you were incredible, seriously incredible. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I, I appreciate it. I I have chronic health issues, so I'm never I'm never feeling all that great. I'm never feeling 100. percent So it takes a lot of effort for me to put the makeup on and the you know the stuff and to you know, know. sound it, like I'm you know. Trust it, me. Like... <laughs> I got to put the war paint on all the time. I will let uh, you, I will let you go though, so that way you can get some rest. And uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. We'll definitely do this again. Yeah, definitely. And I would love to have you on my show. Share your stories if you're interested. Let me know. Let me know. Okay. Yep. All right. Thank you. Feel better. You take care. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. MJ Stevens, everyone. She's wonderful. I'm just going to step away. I will be right back in a couple of minutes.
Alright, I'm back. I'm back. Uh huh. Do, 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 do. Oh, Ann Palmer says, I'm not giving up my recliner. Well, nor should you. Never. My cat takes over my recliner. Hmm. Gorgeous Larry. Good to see you. I'll be fine. I am hungry, though. Got like 25 seconds. Thank you to Black Dragon times two, Surf Jair times three, Vaughn and Terry for the amazing super chats. Very much appreciate the love and support of Spaced Out Radio. Thank you very much. Here comes hour number three. Would you like to connect with us? Head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info. Now, back to Dave Scott and SOR. Third and final hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hi to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on TalkStream Live, Revolution Radio, Odyssey Radio, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Elantrometer. Elantrometer is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the Clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you, including rocking out to Bumblefoot, reading Shirky Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio. Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. It is time once again, where we head into the swamp, our resident swamp dweller is back with another spooky story. Hi, Spaced Out Radio listeners. This is Swamp Dweller. It's time for your nightly dose of spookiness on the show. If you have an interesting encounter or a spooky story that you would like to share, be sure to submit them in at swampdweller.net. You can also find our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash swampdwellerreads. Now, let's chill out, relax, and together, let's enter the swamp. Hello there, Swamp Dweller. You can call me Mr. B. I have heard the majority of your stories told on the channel. I want to say I love your narrations. Now then, I wanted to tell you of a time I came face to face what I could only describe to be as a dog man. For context, I'm a 26-year-old male, 5'6 and kind of buff. Never scared easy, coming to think of it, standing face to face with this thing, I got an otherworldly presence. Anyways... I'm getting out of mind here. As I was saying, this all took place at my good friend Jason's house in Mount Poconos. Now, Jay's place was not too shabby. It wasn't exactly what you would think of for a home up there. It was very modern. 
Jason loved to drink. So, as we would do every other weekend, we would get smashed and have a good time. Okay, now for the story. I was gearing up to go out ice fishing with Jason late at night, drinking and having some fun doing nothing but staying warm with these pocket warmers. So it wasn't all bad. I arrived at Jay's place a little after five as we would be drinking shots before we went, but something deep down was telling me not to drink so much that night. I don't know if it was a weird feeling you get when your body can sense something isn't right while you physically can't. So I chose the latter and kind of drank here and there. Jason asked why I wasn't drinking as much, but I said not to sour the mood. Sorry, man. Just got terrible pains in my stomach. Jason replies, Well, alcohol heals all. I laughed and said, Nah, man. I gotta go to the bathroom. He said, Forget you then. Obviously starting to get drunk already. So I head to the bathroom. I feel this overwhelming sense that something just isn't right. For further background, I have a family of occult witchcraft. I was blessed by my grandmother's sister right before she passed. This haunts me to think about, but I'm living strong. As I am standing there, this window looks out into the forest, and a dense forest surrounds it. I take a look, and in the distance... I see what can only be described as glowing blood-red eyes. I take a step back and leave the bathroom immediately. I get to my friend, who was already ready to go, and I saw that he was drunk as a skunk. Having a backpack of 12 cans of bush, his bottle of vodka, you can say he was definitely a bit tipsy. He looked at me and said, Hey, you ready, or will you be a sissy and chicken out? I gave him this look like, don't go. But I said, no man, I'm good, I'll come with. He's my friend, I won't abandon him there if something is lurking about. So I gear up, but I take a simple sod off that he keeps under his kitchen sink with some slugs. I take them and load them up. Jay asked, hey man, what are you doing with my baby? I said, well, I thought it would be fun to shoot some cans when we're done. He of course goes, oh yeah man, let's do it. I dump half the shells in my bag and get up and head out. It was a crisp, cold night. We headed out to find some ponds. Yeah, sounds dumb, I know, but this is my friend. He was there for me when nobody else was like a brother. I also brought spray paint with me, pure white to mark our paths so we wouldn't be lost. Now then, we are going deep into the woods, and it is so dead quiet that you could hear the drop of a waterfall from a mile away. It wasn't right. It was off. I couldn't help shaking it off. We are being watched by a dark, solid force. There was a presence. I looked around as my friend slowly stumbles and falls. I go to him, pick him up, and say, I think we should head back. You're too drunk. Let's party in the house, man. He looks up, smiles drunkenly, and says, Sure, I want to listen to ACDC. It's too cold. Besides, we're probably out of beer as well, he says in his drunken state. So I slowly picked him up and we started walking back very slowly. We turn around and I see it there, standing behind us not even 50 feet away. This thing was tall. If I had to guess, it was roughly 10 feet tall or maybe even bigger. This creature was just standing there before me and my friend. Sounds began to emanate from this thing just breathing and the steam coming from its nose with those same blood red eyes I saw before. It didn't do anything but stare at me, but I knew that this thing 
was much more hostile if it wanted to be. I was trying to understand what, what it wanted, and it seemed like it was trying to understand what we wanted. Or maybe it was deciding to attack us, or if it was going to let us go. Now I know that not many would take this as accurate and brush it off as a rubbish dogman encounter story. But to me, being from my family, it was more than understanding that we were not so different. I had my curse and it had its curse to bear. Mine is to be doomed to loneliness, as my friend Jason died six months after this. To end this story, the beast then closed its eyes and just like that it was gone in the darkness of the trees. We scrambled and made it back to safety. My friend literally peed himself and I didn't know what to say or believe what we had seen that night. This again was six months before his death. In the end, as I say, my curse is loneliness. Well, that is true. I have no friends, but I work. Not much family left, that's for sure. And it isn't enjoyable nowadays about having anyone be your friend, as I am also an empath. Honestly, this was a life-changing encounter with what I can only describe as Dogman, and I would love to know what others would think about this. And thank you, Swamp Dweller, for sharing my story. Oh, man. Imagine turning around and seeing a Dogman right behind you. That's why we love our resident Swamp Dweller around here, because he's always telling us spooky stories each and every night. Go to youtube.com forward slash Swamp Dweller Reads. He's got thousands of stories on there. Hey, I listen to the guy literally every night before I go to bed. So I go to bed creeped out literally each night. All right, enough about getting creeped out. Let's get the creep factor back in here. No, I'm teasing. It's the fedora-wearing John Hudson and the unbiased UFO report. There he is. Looking stellar as usual. His hair flowing from behind the fedora. How you doing, my man? Doing good, doing good. Yourself? I am doing very good, man. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Not feeling 100% today, you know, but I'm just, I don't know what it is. Don't know what it is. You, know, you might need a personal day, you know, go get your, you know, your hair done, your nails, you know, maybe, you know, you just need to, you know, do a little self, little self love. Well, I, you know what? I was actually thinking about that. I really was well, because I could use a little go. trim on my hair and, and, you know, maybe a clean up on the beard kind of thing. So I, I sure, why not? Hey, why not? Yeah. Why not? Why not? <laughs> you know how it is. Wow, man. What a guest. 
She was amazing, wasn't she, M.G. Stevens? Yeah, I mean, I, I had to cut out for some of it to do some research for this, but uh, I, I go back and listen to the rest of it because I was um, that was just um, you know it, she was one of those um, she's one of those storytellers where um, the the way she tells it and the way she interprets it is almost on its own as interesting as the actual content of what she dis- discusses. You know, um, she's got a very interesting approach and um, quite a, quite an interesting experience. I, I 100% agree with you, and and you know I I loved her uh, honesty and her candor with everything, and I really think you know those true tales that you get like that, those are hard to find, very very hard to find. And well, and and I, I will I will say this as well is you know I've I uh, I, I didn't I wasn't so unlucky, but I had a lot of friends who had really dark childhoods growing up. And those kids that grew up in those dark childhoods like she did, they usually come out with a real sense of honesty because the world hasn't been sugarcoated for them, you know? Very true. Very, very true. What do you got for us tonight there, fedora-wearing John Hudson? I know there's a lot going on, and, and for a lot of people in the UFO world, they're rolling their eyes because there was such a, a beautiful pause in in the UFO world without... The likes of Jeremy Corbell, who you either love him or you can't stand him. One of the two. And I, I don't mind the guy. I really don't. I just like teasing the entire thing. But he's back, and he's all over the place once again. He's, he's back. And, and I, I will say, just in the effort of, 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 of you know, full, uh, <laughs> full disclosure, which is a funny thing to say here, uh, I, too, I'm a, I am a, a, a Jeremy Corbell fan. I do like the guy, and um, and I've, I've talked to him a teeny bit over email, and, and uh, you know I, I like him well enough. But um, but yeah, no. But the thing is, is it the, this is what I want. This is basically the, the the main thing I want to talk about is that is that we are at a point right now where every single thing that comes out becomes a an attack surface for everyone involved, and. And so, like in this case, like I, as much as I like Jeremy, I, 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 I agree with a lot of people. And when I saw that he was going to be interviewed, I was like, I'm, I was a little nervous. I will admit. And, uh, and, you know, honestly, like, I was kind of blown away. Like, I thought he did outstanding. And the way he, the way he diffused the um, some of the comments in a very polite friendly way that wasn't abrasive at all uh, clearly jeremy has gotten a lot of training um a lot of training um uh, if you're listening mr knapp thank you um uh but um the thing that's very interesting about it is is that depending on what version of it you watch you are going to get a different message because some of them are eight minute clips some of them are four minute clips some of them start off with X-Files montages, completely cliche, ridiculous X-Files montages. Some of them don't. And so this is, this is the problem. It's what I'm talking about is we're now at a point where even if the core product, in this case, you know, what Jeremy said is actually good, which let's face it, our, the stuff we get isn't always all that good. But in this case, it actually is. He did a really good job. And even with that good kernel of, of data, what we get is basically both sides claiming that it completely represents their argument this entire time. Mm-hmm. And well, what was, uh, what was yeah. the Jeremy talking about this time? You know, I mean, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, 
Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Please. Uh, no, it, it was that was was really nice. Was it? Um, he he did not. Uh, he was probably the least agendaed version of Jeremy that I've seen. Uh, in the, they, you know, they really kind of drove a lot of the interview, uh, you know, as you'd hope, and um, just doesn't only happen. And um, and so uh, and so they were able to ask a lot of questions. Like for example, you know, the, uh, uh, the uh, one of them asked, you know, well, you know, if we know for a fact these things are real, and if we and if we know for a fact that humans are being uh, biologically impacted by them. Like how how worried should we be like in our day to day lives and and you know and asked it in a very realistic way and Jeremy answered he goes why well, honestly I don't think you should be I think it's a very very rare occurrence but it's obviously happening we have it documented and so we better be throwing a bunch of money at, and science at it to figure out what's going on right and it was it was great I mean he did a really good job of of a, of of you know offering rebuttals to you know and and there were there were some there were some ones where you know they were clearly trying to drive him to a silly place you know like one of them asked you know if there was some you know um you know frequency of um you know when they show up you know like for example after the pubs close right now as as a side note it's actually true if you look at the statistics across the United States, there are some interesting patterns having to do with evenings, but it has nothing to do with bars closing. It has to do with people going out and looking at the sky after they have dinner, right? So, um, so the point is, is it, is it, you know, but the thing was, is that he, like they covered, uh, oh, what I was going to say was that when they, when the guy made the comment about that, you know, Jeremy basically, you know, um, came back with a very quick rebuttal and he's like, um, oh, um, yeah, you know, uh, uh, we actually do find that, that they usually, you know, they usually show up on Wednesday evenings. You know, I, 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 I <laughs> wasn't that brilliant, right? That is it was perfect. That, that he, is kind he, of brilliant. It was, it, and, he, and he delivered it completely. I mean, it was perfect. And and honestly, the the two people interviewing didn't get it. <laughs> it was, of it course was beautiful. not. It was it was it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Um, but like I said, if you watch it and you watch the the, the ones with like the X Files montage that they put in front of it, you enter into that interview in a different mindset. You know, than if you did with a different with a different, pre, you know, a previous montage. And so, so even when you have something that's actually good content, you know, where it was just kind of a basic conversation about, you know, like the guy asked, you know, well, is isn't it still possible these are these are adversarial devices? And Jeremy like he shut that down in the in a in a, actually a very polite, very concise way. Um, you know, and and he, I mean, he he was this was this was a. You know, kind of like from the Pooh story. This is a newer, happier, friendlier, less bouncy, you know, Jeremy, right? Um, and um, and so, um, uh, yeah, it was it was good stuff. But the problem is, is that once again, not only do we have people taking different angles at it, but it, a lot of this is all wrapped around these fifteen hundred pages of, of of FOIA documents that were released. And for for those that aren't aware, I believe those. When did those dump, Dave? Was that three days ago? No, but last week. It was last week. Was it last week? Okay, yeah. so it was last week. So, so for those that aren't aware, just real quick, it was a, it was a large dump of, of documents that was um, delivered via via FOIA, and um, and these documents covered a tremendous amount about biological effects, and so that is what is kind of I believe the catalyst for why Jeremy is suddenly on all these news broadcasts is it's basically to, it's basically to to join up with the release of those 1500 documents and provide some continuity between the, between the story arc is essentially what I'm seeing. Um, and, um, and, and he's actually been trained and he's doing better. It's awesome. Go Jeremy. Uh, 
Um, and um, uh, it's, you know, it's, but the thing is, is it, it's not, it's not as simple as just putting an X-Files montage in front of it, right? Because these documents, one, they cover all their sources, okay? And depending on what decade it was, some of those sources were not necessarily reputable sources. And it doesn't mean they were, they were held with any weight. It just means that they were, they were considered as part of data. But it includes a lot of, you know, periodicals from the 60s and the 70s that were not well, you know, viewed later on. And so people are using that to call a bunch of shade on, on the research. Um, it does. And then it, it also, um, which, you know, honestly, I don't even know, like, how much I'm, I'm really comfortable talking about, to be very honest with you. But, you know, it, it also gets into the pregnancy aspect of it. And, um, and that's a, that's a, not only is it a very difficult topic, but it's a very pertinent one for a lot of folks. And, um, and, you know, and, you know, we, we finally get a little bit of documentation that that's been acknowledged as something, whatever something is, right? That's as far as anyone will go. It's something, congratulations. Um, you know, we get that. And then there's kind of like this, um, um, I don't know, this kind of feels like a pass off in a way, um. You well, know, let, but, but the thing is, that a, lot, a lot of this is happening not because of, of I think, anyone driving it from the top. It's more from, I think, you know, uh, parties within our system well, pushing let, their own Well, let, let me interrupt you here for a second because i got a ton Please. of questions that I want to ask you, John. Number one, for people who may not know Jeremy Corbell, why is there such controversy around him in the UFO field? Because of Mickey Rourke. No, I'm kidding. It's not just because of Mickey Rourke. And, and, and no offense to Mickey Rourke. Um, uh, basically, Jeremy is a, um, a, um, a documentary filmmaker. And um, uh, he is a, a documented filmmaker. I mean, that's what he does. Um, the fact that he's gotten wrapped up in UFOs is um, somewhat, um, uh, somewhat orthogonal, right? Um, though it is something he clearly has passion for. And um, and essentially, he is the one that produced the Bob Lazar document uh, uh, documentary. Um, he's the one that has become um, the kind of uh, self-proclaimed protege of George Knapp. Um, and no, I'm not jealous. And um, uh, and you know, and he's um, but he's essentially been a very vocal and a very aggressive and a very um, a abrasive um, um, uh, voc vocabulary. <laughs> person <laughs> and uh, and so you know he's been a little rough around the edges and, and you know he got involved in the whole um storm um area 51 thing and and uh you know he's just and because of his attachment and his his self-proclaimed um um uh, uh loyalty to bob lazar and, and bob lazar's story jeremy becomes a lightning rod for for all of that um back and forth okay so the fact that he's back in the media again, there were some questions last year when he was in the media where he was given some uh, UFO videos that were claimed to be, you know, UAPs from uh, hovering around United States Navy ships. And I believe there were four videos. The first three, the Pentagon claimed as as real UAP that they didn't know uh, what they were, but the fourth, the Pentagon refused to claim, which technically, in my opinion, looked like helicopters hovering with their lights flashing in, in, in the background. You know, I mean, this gentleman is, I mean, he, he is very bombastic. And I mean that in a, 
in a positive way. He's very passionate about the mm-hmm. subject, but you get to social media and it gets, you know, the minute Jeremy Corbell's name is mentioned, it gets, you know, I mean, if you want to start a quick fight on, on UFO Twitter, you just mentioned Jeremy Corbell and it's on. Well, he, well, he, yeah. Well, and he, he, a lot of it comes down to the fact that he has a supreme level of confidence in a bunch of things that other people have zero confidence in and it pisses them off. And that's a lot of it. It really is. It, 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 it's, it's, they don't like the fact that he comes on so strong, feeling so, so strongly about his opinions. Most people feel that you should take a more open-minded approach, even to your own stuff. And, and, but when you're a documentary filmmaker, that's not what you do. No, definitely not. We're going to continue the talk here, you know, because there is a lot on UFO Twitter going on right now and giant arguments regarding this Dirds report that was released with the 1,500 pages, especially with the way the experiencers are being trounced, trounced by many skeptics and people of strong opinion on Twitter right now. And I want to get your take on that when we return with the unbiased UFO report. We have our good friend, the fedora-wearing John Hudson, here hanging on out with us. Human Carl is here in the chat room. Not to be confused with Alien Carl. We love our Human Carl. We'll be back with the final half hour of Spaced Out Radio when we return. I love it when human Carl's here. I do. I have to say, you know, I really think one of one of the good things that I've gotten out of this whole experience of interviewing, of, of, of investigating all this stuff, is that um, uh, I, the, most of my instincts when it comes to video, uh, were were false. Um, and that essentially you, you really can't tell anything, um, from a video without doing a tremendous amount of technical analysis. And, and I, I've always had this kind of belief that, that, you know, that there was a, cause like when you're, when you're an artist and you're, you're creating stuff, there's this weird point where you're shifting colors and paints where it just kind of, it'll click and like, it's weird. It'll just click and it's like, boom that's reality. Oh my gosh. Like that's how it, that's like, that's how it is, you know? Um, and yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, it's, it, to me, it's just it, the way all this is playing out. It's just, it's fascinating. I think it's awesome. I think it's awesome. It's certainly very, very interesting. I think so too. I'm a little, I'm a little worried about, yeah, that's one thing I want to talk about is, uh, I'm a little worried there's going to be a backlash, but we'll see. In regards to what? The the data in the, in, the, in that report. Well, every I don't think so. I don't think so because everybody's literally you, focusing you, on the experiencers, right? And did if, you watch if, that video I sent you? Yes. I mean, dude, that was bad. Well, bad. I will. I will save what I have to say when we come okay. back on the air. 
and, and there's totally. a, there's oh, a good yeah, chance right. yeah. there's a good chance that this week's Dave 101 is going to be on that. A very <laughs> very good chance. Mm-hmm. You said the the uh, the the, um, the guest you had on tonight. Uh, her book is on Kindle. You said yes. Four bucks. I I I get some of the best, the best, most amazing uh, book suggestions from like this show and Coast and like all these other places where it's like it's it's really it's amazing. It's, it's amazing how many. I I still man have troubles buying a book for a tablet. Uh-huh. No, no, it's twenty twenty two now, yeah. buddy. I'm sorry. I know that argument. That argument. That that argument. It, 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 I still uh, like having books on the shelf, man. Okay, All right. I mean, look, I got books on the shelf, like right behind me. But I have books on the shelf where I've only read them via, you know. Uh, audio book or or visual book on a, on a on a tablet and i only keep the hard copy for reference mm. or because it's got a pretty spine mm. or because it's old i love old books that's the one thing i always thank my ex-wife for and i don't thank her for much i <clears throat> Well, besides my daughter, mm. I uh, I never read as a kid. Like I hated mm. reading as a kid, and I would always, when my ex-wife and I got together, I would always see her reading books. She was always reading, and I, you know, being a little snarky, twenty-two-year-old, you know, what what the hell are you reading for? Just watch TV or something like that. And then she told me, she's like, she's like, no, I, I love a good book. And, and she got me addicted to reading. Well, let me just say, I'm very glad that the influence went that way and not the other way. It would be oh, very so sad to I. find out that she gave up books and started slipping on TV all day. Yeah, No, no, <clears> I, <throat> I'm very thankful for it, too. Yeah. Well, I mean, for me, I, I, uh, I'd, I'd always loved books, but I was one of the people that had a stack of books. Roses in I've my been corner. Trying to read. Roses in my corner. I've never pur- oh, yeah. pur- purchased a book for a tablet. It just seems wrong. I agree. Well, yeah. All right. The, 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 now you get so much more for it, though. Too. Hold on, buddy. Uh, thank you to Black Dragon times two, Surf Jair times three, Vaughn and Terry for the amazing super chats. Very much appreciate it. Go check out our new swag at spacedoutradio.com and our store. Just click the shop button. It's all right there, including the brand new Woo hats as of tonight. And here we go. We rounded third. We're heading for home tonight on Spaced Out Radio. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. 
Want to remind you that if you miss portions of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on tonight with the unbiased UFO report. The fedora-wearing John Hudson returns. And John, you know, last week when the Dirds report came out, and we were talking about all of these experiences that the government was looking into people having. Well, I'll tell you, this has turned the Twitterverse into a battlefield once again with the skeptics, the non-believers, and those who don't trust anybody but themselves absolutely carving this report for looking into the claims that experiencers are having. Now, the experiencers are trying to fire back, but, you know, much like anything, when the Twitter trolls come out, there's no sense. Well, and the thing is, is that, I mean, we- with the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You have to remember that um, uh, there's no behavior on Twitter that is new. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, the thing is, is that, you know, it's where we see it because it's on stage. But essentially the kinds of things that people are reacting to on Twitter are the exact same things that certain groups will react to in, in real life. So it, it is, it is, a, it is, a, it is a, um, a canary in the coal mine in a way, you might say, um, of, of, of things that, you know, that are, are explosive. I, I, and, and the thing is, so... Oh, no, sorry, just real quick, I was going to say is that to me, what I was saying earlier and what you just said a minute ago, just it's more it's more and more evidence for the fact that you have people with entrenched views that have absolutely no interest in changing their views. And they are all they're looking for are, you know, are, are stars to put on their paper and clubs to beat the competition with. And so every time a new data set comes out, they just pour through it with that with those glasses on. What of this can I use to support mine, and what of this can I use to make him look bad? And they just and and I think we've just gotten to this really bad place where that's what people are doing, and I think that's I think it's evident, and I think it's horrible. I think people need to really think about what they're doing. There is a great amount of naivety when it comes from people who've never experienced the phenomena and not understanding 
what it's like to have something so personal and profound happen to you that it changes your entire life, sometimes for the good, sometimes for the bad. And what we see happening here on Twitter, whether it's Stephen Green, and these are all friends of the show, Stephen Greenstreet. That's what's the hard. Yeah. That's what's the hard part, Dave. That's you know? that's what's killing me. Is I'm seeing people saying things that the people that I liked a lot, and I'm like, mm-hmm. whoa. You know, well, like, you know what? Oh, I don't mind calling them out a little bit. Michael Huntington, who's a friend of this show, been on numerous times. Okay, Stephen Greenstreet, as we said, Mick West, who's been on this show, a number of people who are have been on this show who have been highly, highly offended, if we could say that, by this Dirds report even bringing up yeah. the, the unconscionable, which is the experiencer. Now, for the most part, these are people who want scientific recognition uh, trying to figure out how these proclamations work. They want more evidence. Sure. They don't want anecdotal stories, you know, but in the meantime, I can understand the want for anecd- for for real proof rather than anecdotal stories. But you know what? The people oh my who God, yes. but the people who are experiencing this phenomena don't know when it's going to happen. They can't all of a sudden when they're about to be taken say to little, you know, Mo the Gray, "Hey Mo, can you stop for a second while I just, you know, put my phone on record here? And uh, I need you to move a little bit to the left. You're just out of screen a little bit. I'm only getting half your gray head. Okay. Like you can't do that. And the naivety and the ignorance that is being shown, and this is nothing I wouldn't say to their faces, but the naivety and the ignorance that is being shown for people who never asked for this phenomena to happen to them is is obtuse thinking. It's very well, obtuse. And what's, it, it is. And what's really, what I find very interesting about it is, is that you'll see people who normally have well-reasoned minds. They have, they have well-reasoned approaches to things. And then they will get to a topic that they immediately have so much disdain for that they drop all of their bias guards completely. And, and they go to all the old logical fallacies they used when they were school children. And, and it becomes this whole, like, you know, personality contest. And, you know, how could you ever believe that person because he lied six times in 1973? You know, like, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's insane. It's just, it's absolutely insane. It, it, it very much is. And I don't think it paints a, a very good picture. You know, instead of making fun of the fact that the government was looking into these, these experiential phenomena. How about looking at the other side and saying, wow, I can't believe they are taking potential pregnancies seriously. I can't believe they're taking bloody noses seriously. I can't believe they're taking concussion-like syndromes seriously or PTSD or something along those lines. Until you have had it happen to you, Shut up. Shut the hell up. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm going to get a little, I'm going to get a little angry here for a second because I am sick and tired of people. Where's the proof? Give me proof. Okay. You don't get proof. You don't know unless you've stood in someone's shoes who has actually had that experience 
whether it's getting you know needles put in your eyeballs or anal probed or or whatever we make fun of it because it's fun to make fun of it okay well it helps us deal with the fear absolutely but until you've experienced the nightmare of having you know your body used without your consent for whatever it is it's wrong it's wrong to treat it look the subject matter may be funny okay and very easily manipulated and look i'm not saying there aren't people out there who aren't trying for their 15 minutes of fame in order to in order to make something happen but what i am saying john is this the majority of people out there who have had some sort of horrific experience with extraterrestrials would not wish this on their worst enemy not at all do you think whitley streber uh, you know when he went public about his anal probing from aliens do you think that he would wish that on anybody who criticizes him not a hope in hell Right. No, it's actually one that tells you know if someone has actually either been an experiencer or has done enough research is they hit that tipping point where you realize that if if assuming abductions are real, you would not want that. Right. There, there's no, there's no, there's not a shiny fun thing that gets described by people. Right. It's it's a it's a very different mm-hmm. it's a very different perspective from the fantasy. You know. Um, now, and I, and the thing that's hard, David, is, is it. You know. Well, I completely understand your sentiment, and I think it's very justified. The, the problem is, is that is it, that is the whole reason why personal stories have no place in science. Because it's impossible for you, for anyone telling their story to not take it personally. And you have a right to, and if someone is, is offensive about your own story, they're attacking your story, and you're going to defend it. And that's completely within your right. And that's why, essentially, no one should be sharing their personal stories. You should only be looking at each other's stories. Um, because, I mean, this is the whole, like, you can't, you can't go into any kind of a science environment and say, yeah, yeah, and I'm also a subject. Um, you know, it, you don't do that, right? It's like it, it's a very dangerous, slippery slope that we play, and and so we can't we can't evaluate data in the same way we normally would because now we have to be concerned about um, you know um, uh, offending someone or hurting someone's feelings. And let's face it, in a lot of cases, how we've offended them and how their feelings have been hurt are completely healthy and completely justified, and and should be respected. So how do you deal with that, right? It's 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 a very vexing problem. No, I understand that, but the, for the majority of the experiencers out there, the science means sweet nothing. It means sweet nothing, John. You know, and I realize what this is where you and I may agree to disagree, and that's healthy conversation. It really is, but. For those who have, and and maybe I'm I'm putting my heart out there a little bit too much because I am an experiencer myself, as you know, okay. But for for look, how many times do you have to be called as an experiencer a liar? Okay, you got podcasts now out there. Uh, anybody who's had an experience, liars all over UFO world. Okay, you weren't there. You weren't there. I've been called out many a times in our own chat room here, John, for people D- try, trying to say to me, hey, you know, that, st- stop talking crap about what happened with you and that Samantha lady. Oh, really? I didn't know where you were in the bushes with us. 
Now, this is this is why what's why I said what I said. This is why the stuff that Jay King and other guys are doing is so important because essentially we know we, there are good studies that have been done that show that in many cases it is the lack of belief mm-hmm. by their trusted people that do more harm to victims of sexual assault than the actual act itself. Mm-hmm. It is the fact that you are not believed mm-hmm. that does the most psychological damage to not only yourself, well said. but the way you view all of your relationships. Well so said. Complete, it doesn't matter what the subject matter is. You have an experience like this. This is now the world you're exposed to. And we want to talk about that in the context of UFOs and Twitter? Yeah, you know, come on. I mean, that's just not realistic. That's a, this is but, not a subject. That, I mean, this is not fair to people. No one, no one can do that well. But the story is they're looking at it. You can't poo-poo the story yes. just because yes. you yes. don't believe yes. in it. You know, yes. it, it's like yes. it's yes. like what we complain about with the Bigfoot community, where this is a monkey, this is the great ape. Okay. Yes. Oh no. De- you, no you what, can't, dead on, Dave. You cannot eliminate yeah. the process. And the process yep. of the paperwork from the Pentagon says this is what people are allegedly having happen to them, and yep. we are looking yep. into it. That's the story. Making fun yeah. of the fact that they're looking yes. into that or where the yes. sources came from is irrelevant. Yes, it's irrelevant. Oh, so, so well said, Dave. Yes, and, and even I, even I, just now got myself so caught up about the emotion that I was doing it myself. You're dead on. And, and the thing is, is that if you really think about it, if you think about some of those periodicals that were mentioned that people are making fun of, th- those were valid sources for certain subgroups. And so if they had not been looking at them, they, it would have been bad science. They had to have been evaluated. And if they evaluated them and didn't include them in their, in their references, then they're, they're violating research ethics. So the fact that they're all in there it's a good thing. I know everyone likes to poke fun, but it's actually a very good thing. It means they did their job. Mm-hmm. I would agree. You know, but follow the story for what it's worth. Your opinion means nothing. You know, yep. and, and whether it's Stephen yep. Greenstreet or Michael Huntington or a number of, I, I don't call them, I don't want to call them trolls because they're not. I think they br- bring a lot of meaningful debate to the subject yeah, yeah. at hand. No, no they just okay. get emotional. I mean, it's, it's very but, human. But you it's cannot shut down what is happening no. to people. The story is, like I said, I'm sounding like a broken record here. The government is exploring this information. And we should all be shocked to find out that it actually went public, like you and I talked about last week. Instead of making fun of this crap, and saying, well, look at the waste of time and money this is. You know, what science is there? They're using the National Enquirer or an article from Penthouse on a person who is an yeah. experiencer. Yeah. Like, wake that, up. That's the thing. Is it, You're being petty. Yeah. yeah, and that's the thing. Is it the whole idea that, that you can draw conclusions from this is, is, is so uh, immature. I mean, because let's face it, they didn't, and they had the full data set, right? So we're getting a subset of that data set, and, and everyone's trying to say, all this should be doing, realistically, those 1,500 pages really should be a, 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 a sampler buffet, right? Like when you go to get, like a beer place and they bring you a sampler of drinks, right? This is a, hey, look, these are all the places you should now go actually dump real money and real people and do some real research on, right? This isn't, this isn't the end point. These are the beginning points for this research. John, I couldn't fully, I couldn't agree with you more. 
I think you were absolutely nailing it on the head there and, and great work. And I think we got time for one more subject here that you had brought up. This is, uh, oh, okay, that was the, the final part of it, was uh, the ugly part of UFO Twitter. Yeah, we will get to that. But the fedora-wearing John Hudson, very much appreciate you coming on in once again yep, for yep, another yep, yep, yep. emotionally based, emotionally charged, unbiased UFO report. We will talk to you in a couple of nights' time. Let's get to Shirky Poo's news. All right, let's get to Shirky Poo's news. You know, this takes some cojones to be this kind of gangster. Police in India were seeking to arrest members of a gang who dismantled a 60-foot-long iron bridge and likely sold it off in parts as scrap metal. Yeah, who does this? That's brazen. The robbers, posing as government officials attached with the irrigation department in the eastern state of Bihar, used gas cutters and earth-moving machinery to break down an abandoned bridge in the Amiwar village about 150 kilometers south of Patna, the state capital. The selling of scrap metal can be a lucrative business in India where cases of theft of metal parts from public property to sell in large unorganized scrapyards for quick cash have been common. A police officer said residents assumed that the government officials had decided to dismantle the old bridge built over a water canal some three decades ago as it was not in use. Villagers had previously submitted an application to the irrigation department to dismantle the bridge themselves. People came with heavy machinery, gas cutters, and worked for two days during the daytime to dismantle the bridge. Gandhi Chowdhury said, a local villager, uh, locals asked those working about their identity and were told that they were hired by the irrigation department to dismantle it. Earlier in the week, the scrap metal was loaded into a vehicle and the site was vacated. Yep, they are now trying to track down the gangsters who cleaned up the river and sold the steel metal for nefarious reasons. All right, moving on. Here we go. Deputies down in Florida were shocked to discover, amongst other things, a baby alligator in an open plastic tub in bed of a back of a black pickup truck they pulled over in Naples. According to the reports, there was allegedly two guns and drugs in the vehicle as well, of course. Deputies pulled over 31-year-old Michael Marola of Naples after they were recognized the driver from previous law enforcement encounters as having a suspended license. Ah, oh, bad, Michael. Police said Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission was told about the baby gator and wildlife officers responded to investigate. It's illegal to take live American alligators from the wild without a valid alligator trapping license. According to the website, Marola was charged with two counts of carrying a concealed firearm. Guns were allegedly discovered under the driver's seat and in the glove compartment, as well as two drug charges and, of course, multiple loaded syringes inside his jacket, which tested positive for meth. Who knew? You think you know someone. All right, 
Let's move on here. A Florida student has some big decisions. And if you're a parent of this child, wow. I mean, you know, we hear so much crap coming out of Florida about Florida man and Florida woman. This one is a good one. And God bless this kid, seriously. A Florida student has some big decisions to make after being accepted to 27 colleges and universities and amassing over $4 million in scholarship offers. 18-year-old Jonathan Walker said he's narrowed his secondary education choices down to 27 schools, including Harvard, Yale, and the University of Pennsylvania, which uh, he was surprised when he received acceptance letters to all 27. It's so crazy to think about that I applied to all these colleges and I got in. That's such a rare thing to occur, but the fact that it did happen, I'm very excited about. Walker, who's already been earning college credits through the International Baccalaureate Baccalaureate Program, pardon me, that's why I didn't go to Ivy League, uh, credited his essays with helping him get acceptance letters from the schools. Every campus has something special about it, so I find that I love something within them all, he said. You know what? This kid is a brain, and good on him. Good on him. 27 universities. I was lucky to get into one. And finally here, a skydiver miraculously survived a 13,500-foot fall after her leg got tangled up in her parachute. Yeah, this happened to 35-year-old Jordan Hatmaker of Virginia Beach, and she did her first-ever skydive in 2015, fell in love with the sport, and she decided to train for her license, which would enable her to jump on her own, which she did. But last year, on her 16th jump, something went very bad. Her leg got caught in her chute. It was suspended in the air. She fell at 125 miles an hour with nothing to slow her down except the ground. And she survived. Yep, she's now making it out of hospital. She's going to be able to walk again. And she says, yeah, I'll go back up. Why not? And I'll go hike Everest as well. Good honor. We got Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thal rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio. Rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up for the guitar god himself. Special thanks to everybody listening in at home, at work, in your cars, wherever you may be. Thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight. YouTube, Twitch, LGAB, Facebook, Spreaker, the Space Travelers Club, and on Twitter at hashtag Spaced Out Radio. Remember, this show is copyright by Spaced Out Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us. Because together, my friends, we own the night. Mr. Bumblefoot, we need a favor. We need you to take us home. Yes, the Wu train has docked for the night. But soon, my friends, we shall ride again. Your seats are always available. Your tickets never expire. And if you want to bring a friend, we've got room for them, too. 
Good night. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.